Welcome, everybody. Episode 239 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm well. I'm Corey. Uh, no, Eric, this week, Eric is... Uh, it's crunch time for Eric's packing up and, and leaving and opening the Virginia studio. So uh, Eric will not be on this week or next week, but hopefully he'll be on in uh, the week after that for, I guess that would be the, no, that's not the Far Cry Primal, whatever. Uh, but yeah, he'll be, he'll be on in, in two weeks from now. So uh, in the new Virginia studio, which I'm excited to see. Uh, today's topic is we each have our own individual topic that we're talking about. It's a host choice episode. Um, so we'll each have our own things that we're bringing to the table. Anyone have anything they want to tease for later on in the episode? I'm going to talk a little XCOM 2 later on. Uh, my joy and frustration with XCOM 2 specifically. Oh. so I deleted it. You deleted it? Yes, after last week I did. Okay. It was that aggravating, huh? Yes and no. We'll we'll get a little more in depth later on on that. Right. I have a couple things to tease though. Okay. I played the Elder Scrolls Online. Mm. ESO, huh? Yeah. Boy. Put a put a good uh, handful of hours into that, and then Kerbal Space Program. Oh. Finally got around to trying. Dang it! That's one I've been wanting to play. Excited yeah. to hear about that. Yeah. That's like right up my alley. All right. What about you, Will? <clears throat> Uh, I played that game called Fallout 4. Um, oh. I'm playing it for a reason, uh, which I think it's somebody's nibble bet uh, with the DLC. Oh, coming oh yeah. Out for yeah. it. So uh, I wanted to get to a point where my character had the game beaten and whatnot. So, like, I'm playing through that again. And I'm, I'll talk more about it, but I'm trying to do a lot more exploring. Okay. Uh, and I forgot to talk about it last week, but I played uh, Gigantic. Mm. Uh, the MOBA for the Xbox One and Windows 10. I got into the beta, but I just never, I never got Downloaded around to playing it. it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm trying to, like I said, beat things, so I just it's, never got around to playing it. It's pretty hard. I'll do my best talk about it, even though I'm like two weeks removed from playing it. Okay. Um, but other than that, I mean, I played more Heroes and whatnot, so. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's get into our... Uh, our main topic, host choice. Uh, I'll get started. So obviously, um, for those of that have been watching for a while, for the longest time we had four, uh, and then more recently three people in studio, uh, with Corey being the one remote person. Uh, we're kind of transitioning into an all Skype podcast. So that's obviously going to, it'll, it'll affect, I think, at least at first, until we get kind of used to the format, it'll affect uh, the the rapport that we have and you know the the back and forth a little bit <clears throat> uh, so we wanted to make people aware of that it'll it'll probably be a little weird at first as we as we get used to it um yeah because we'll all all of us will be on skype maybe we'll occasionally be in the studio but um it's it's probably it's easier for our, us all to skype in obviously um you know it's a 25 minute drive for will to get here just for podcasts and with school and work and stuff. Um, but along with that, Corey's been talking at least off air. We've been kind of brainstorming on, on, uh, we want to do more video content. Um, and I know we've been saying that for a while now, but I really think with, with the change in the format, uh, or the, you know, the, you know, with the change, uh, to, to going to all Skype, we, we wanted to, um, you know, uh, boost that a little bit by having more video content. So 
I figured we would take this opportunity to maybe brainstorm some ideas, take some ideas from the community, uh, stuff they'd like us to see. Um, and hopefully we'll do more streaming and more, more stuff on YouTube. So, yeah, I what, think it, as you were saying, Dan, it's, uh, more or less a supplement to the podcast because we, yeah. we do kind of realize when we're not all in the room granted i haven't been in the room for, for a while four years at this point yeah but uh when we're not all in the room it takes away a little bit of the give and take the rapport i yeah. guess would be the, the way to put it yeah it, uh, it's harder to pick up on cues on when you're when you're supposed to talk and when you're not supposed to talk so right and we've all been you know brothers essentially yeah for a very long time Yes, for our entire lives. So, really? <laughs> and, and even Eric, for a very long time, has been a part exactly. of our family. Yes. So, you know, uh, it's going to be hard doing the all Skype podcast. I think it'll be a little bit of a learning process, too, you know, a little mm. bit of feeling out and, and see what works best. But uh, in the meantime, I, I think um, having some sort of regular video streaming event, in addition to the podcast, would be the best way to kind of fill that gap mm-hmm. in the meantime yeah and as i another thing i said to dan about it is i don't think it's necessarily going to end up being the best idea it's going to end up being the most realistic yeah. idea you know just something it's it's got to be kind of easy or else we're not yeah. going to do it something That's that you're trying to say at least two of us could commit to once a week yeah uh every week mm-hmm so could be as simple as just sitting down and playing a multiplayer game together, you know? Yeah. We we did a, a little bit of that with uh, the Three Big Queen series uh-huh. that had, uh, what did we play, Will? The Gauntlet game? Uh, Dungeon of the Endless. Dungeon of the Endless. And then Dan and I were doing Borderlands for a little bit. Yeah, we did three or four of those, I think. Yep. And then who was the amazing Sif and Gone? That was me and you. Yeah. We did a little bit of that. I was thinking we should do a lot of uh, the division streaming. Yeah, that's something I at least we're most of us are going to get. I know Eric's not getting it right away, but he wanted to make sure his uh, internet situation in his new new living space and uh, the new studio, I guess you could say, was mm-hmm. was sorted before he committed to getting the division for computer. So yeah, I mean this is a multi you know multiplayer game you can do a lot of the story stuff with a group of friends yeah it's better with friends apparently i'll find that out tomorrow hopefully but uh did i you, think that would be a good game to did you play it before will no oh, okay. uh, i was the only one that didn't get into the beta oh that's right mm. yeah. now it's open beta you yeah, should definitely try to play tomorrow then will yeah no i, I get home at like 1 so i can play i could pro- i could play a little bit at that time because it's well, perfect. My son's at school, and my daughter kind of—that's her relaxation time. So she'll usually just lay on the couch and watch the iPad. So I'll be able to play for a little bit then until I need to go pick him up. Perfect. There Ooh. you go. One thirty tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There it is. Cool. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead, Will. What were we saying? Uh, what was I saying? I don't remember where I was going with it. Uh, I don't know. Oh, we were talking about the, how the division would be a good game to to have stream regularly, and you know, maybe put stuff on YouTube too. Yeah, yeah, no, like I just think it's a good idea for at least two of us to once a week stream something together, or make make a YouTube video, or try to to the best of our ability. Yeah, obviously. 
yeah, I wanted to <clears throat> keep doing videos with my wife too. Cause that's something, you know, she enjoyed, enjoyed doing and I did too. Uh, we have to finish our last Mario video. Uh, I think world eight and then we could move on to uh, Yoshi's woolly world or something like that. I'd like to do that. That would be, that would be, it would be nice to get in back into, um, we we kind of put the kibosh on it for a while because of her her college and stuff, so it slowed slowed that whole thing down. But I'd like to do that again. What are you, Corey? What would you like to get into? Like Will said, I think it's I think it's just a matter of uh, us setting a standing time and day. Yeah, and then whoever can make it, great. Yeah, I think that's like I said uh, in terms of the most realistic thing. I think that's that's the best way to do it yeah absolutely and it doesn't even necessarily have to be playing a game if there's a big piece of news or something like that that can warrant a rather lengthy discussion yeah you know just to sit down and have a little chat about it i think would be well, worthwhile if, if not for the listeners for us yeah too you know yeah well i'm available at night pretty much every night so yeah that's my best time i've been uh staying up to watch because we got nhl tv again uh so i've been staying up late to watch the oiler games dan so now i'm up as late as you <laughs> nice so i'm free then too uh-huh. okay sounds good so yeah that's i kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit um just for the listeners to to beware it may not may not flow as nicely as it has in the past uh, as we get used to four faces on four videos and not being in the same room. So it's like, it's, it's, I mean, it's like having a phone conversation as opposed oh. to phone conversations are the worst. Yeah. Absolutely. They are probably be a lot more us. Yeah. In, uh, 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 which yeah. I realized the reason I do that is because if I, if there's a, if I'm, pausing to think about what i'm gonna say i want to fill that space so somebody else doesn't jump in gotcha and i think a lot of people do that because especially not that this is radio but it's the closest thing to radio Mm -hmm. dead air is like the worst thing you want so if somebody pauses somebody's just instinctively tries to fill that gap yeah but then the other person can finish their thought so they throw in an uh yeah no, that makes total sense. Which is and probably going to happen more when we can't see each other. Right. You probably weren't even doing that consciously. It's probably subconscious. You know? Yeah. I actually consciously try not to. Right. I try not to do it too, but I just can't help it sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, what, what do you have for us, Will? Um... I wanted to talk about one second here. I'm, I'm just writing down something. I'm doing homework for those that. Uh, Do you want to go to Corey first then? Uh, if you could, yeah. yeah. I want to know what homework you're working on. Uh, biology. I have a big test tomorrow. It's my first one in the class, and I'm trying to get off to a good start this year for biology, uh, unlike last semester, because I have this tendency to blow chunks in the first part of the semester and then put myself against the wall. Mm. early so then like i have to work extra hard all semester to keep up mm. yeah so now i'm just i'm trying to reverse it so i can blow chunks at the end there you go you can slough off at the end e- exactly yeah nice okay what do you got Corey? i got i was 
struggling to find something in the last minute. And basically, I just did a little Google search, and I ended up with the... Pardon me if I'm being offensive to anybody here, but the Computer Gaming Addicts Anonymous website. And I thought I would just quickly run through their 20 questions for video gaming addiction to see maybe one of us is addicted to video games. Uh Uh, So I'll run through those questions. And if you're a listener and you're answering yes to many of these questions, you might want to think about taking a step back (laughs) or not. Uh, just to read what they par- paraphrase what they have here. I'm a, am I a video game a- video gaming addict? Only you can answer this question. We use the term gaming addict to describe our condition of having an obsession and compulsion to game, which grows worse over time and an inability to limit our gaming. This is one thing that bugs me right off the bat with this, and I'm not. I haven't done enough research to question them or anything, but like. It's like asking me, do you constantly have an urge to have fun? Right. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like... Yes, I, I do. Yeah, you know, I'm always trying to have fun. Yeah, enjoy things. yourself. Yeah. Be happy. Right, right. It's like asking somebody who likes to golf, do you constantly have the urge to golf? Well, yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean you're <laughs> Why like, is addicted that? to R- golfing. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a... There's, there's a uh, I don't even know if it's a fine line, but... If you if you're running into the situation like that guy with the Fallout Four, who, um, his wife left him, he quit, he he got fired from his job, like that guy, I guess you could be considered a, an addict, right? I mean, although that's I think probably the problem is bigger than video games in that it's it's just an addictive personality. Doesn't even have to be that. It's just uh, laziness. I think. Yeah, that's part of it. Zero willpower yeah. in general. I don't think the video gaming is the. The, the cause yeah. of all that, those issues. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, I'll run through the questions here. You guys can answer yay or nay. Do you often relive gaming experiences or think about future ones? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's anything, that's, though. That's a that's, broad question. That's very broad. Yeah. What about peaked in high school guy? He's reliving his high school days. and Who's this? Peaked in high school guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you relive high school experiences or think about future ones? I guess it doesn't really apply. <laughs> Second part of that question. That's true. Hey, some some of those peaked in high school guys try to go back and be a teacher. Be, yeah, just so they can get closer to that. Anyway, do you hide or lie about your gaming? No. Uh, sometimes. I don't anymore. I I know I used to. Yeah, I'm Years sure I, I mean I used to when I lived at home and yeah. I had mom and dad to answer to. Yeah. I was That's like I was bit. not up all night last night playing EverQuest after you guys went to bed. When they know full well that you are. Yeah, they I mean, I'm sure they knew. They know everything. Yeah. Do you get very angry when someone or something interrupts a game? Depends. Yeah. That one would depend for me too. Really? It, if, if I'm was... playing, go ahead, Will. If I'm playing a MOBA, and this usually happens when I'm playing, like playing a MOBA, and I'm asked to do something, that frustrates me. I don't get super angry, but I do get annoyed. <clears throat> like if the yeah. dog, if the dog gets into something when I'm, you know, raiding tombs and Tomb Raider. And I busy. think this is another broad one, though. It's like defined mm-hmm. very angry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. I never get more than like 
kind of annoyed. <coughs> Mildly, annoyed. Mildly annoyed. That's that's the story of my life. Yes. So I would say no for all of us on that one. Yeah. Have you ever taken a break from gaming and binged uncontrollably upon your return? What? What does that mean? I think I would say no because no, I've never done that. Binged uncontrollably is another weird phrase. I mean, I played Terraria 100 hours in a week. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to remove uh, games from this and replace it with joy. Okay. Okay. Uh, When upset, do you soothe yourself with joy or plans to joy? Oh, God forbid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's my like joy. Once again, you know, a lot of a lot of my gaming is for me is it's my my stress management. You know, uh, like would it be better if I started drinking? You know, like <laughs> what do you what do you want exactly? You know, like uh, go ahead. Uh, instead of joy, we're gonna we're gonna drop out joy and switch it to having fun. Do, I think that applies more in these senses. Got Do you it. find yourself having fun in the early morning? Yeah. Yeah, if I get up <laughs> if early. I, yeah, if it works out well, sure. Yeah, if things work out, sure. I can have a little fun in the morning. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, Do you find ways to have fun when away from home? Yeah. Sure. Mobile. <laughs> mobile, 3DS. Even I've been known it's... to fire up a mobile game if yeah. the situation arises. Is this a real, like, <clears throat> this is a real thing on the internet you found? Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, do you set limits with having fun and then break them, having fun hours longer than intended? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I do. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do you lose hours of sleep to having fun? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Have you called in sick or late to work or skipped classes to have fun? Yes. Sure. I think, yeah. 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 Have you sworn off having fun, uninstalled it, and later returned to it? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. EverQuest. Two. (laughs) Do you feel guilt and shame around your having fun? No. No. Does having fun contribute to arguments in your relationships? No. No. Nay. Has having fun taken the place of any hobbies or sports you used to enjoy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, because having fun isn't a hobby. I understand the question now. Okay. It doesn't count as a hobby. Apparently not. No. Okay. Do you forget appointments, responsibilities, or deadlines in work or school when having fun? No. I don't forget. I purposely neglect. Which is worse. Yeah, which is probably worse, but (laughs) I'm aware of what I'm doing, at least. Right. Do you become irritated and defensive when people suggest you might be having... (laughs) You might be having too much... You might be having fun too much. No, I don't think so. I don't... No, I haven't... It's been a while since I've been accused of having too much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Only when I vehemently disagree that I'm having too much fun do I get irritated and defensive. Mm -hmm. I am not having that much fun. (laughs) 
Have your hours spent having fun increased over time? No. No, not really. Do you blow off social events to have fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I use. I definitely used to do that. I've uh, sort of trained myself not to. Yeah. Well, it's it's easier for relationships to right, right. not do that. Yep. Uh, have you lost contact with friends and family since having fun? I'm no, it keeps my friendships together. Yeah. Let's you know who your true friends are. Exactly. Only your tr- true fr- friends accept uh, the amount of fun that you have. If I wasn't having fun, I wouldn't keep in contact with uh, Johnny who moved to Florida as much. Yeah. So there we go. Do you have intense feelings, highs, lows, anger, fear? While having fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah. like, you get the same thing when you're, uh, when you're watching movies and reading books. like. And that's dude, why I replaced gaming with having fun. I know, but still. That's it. That's all 20 questions. So how do you guys feel after 20 questions? Of, I mean, uh, I would, gaming addict? I would I'm say addicted. I'm hopelessly addicted if, if that's the criteria. Yep. Yeah. I could shouldn't have even uh used having fun. I should have changed it to things you enjoy. Do you blow cool. off social events to do things you enjoy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. And that's that's also implying that <clears throat> social events are the you know, like like well, how is that better than Right. Well, that's the thing. The the implication is that gaming on its own is harmful to you. Right. And that's not the case. Right. I mean, if this is just a, a general addiction questionnaire, that's one thing, but to insert the word gaming into it does not make it. Even so, like you said, you could plug in golf or like, you know, what, what lover of golf hasn't blown off like a family thing to go play golf? You know, like, come on. Addicts. That's who. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. That's all I got, though. Yeah, I'm addicted. Yeah, and who cares? Well, as as we talked about, it's it's my... <clears throat> I don't really watch that many movies, uh, although I do have two movies to talk about for my week Uh, i don't watch hardly any tv other than some sports like it's my choice for entertainment and stress relief you know yeah oh well that means you're an addict dan yeah well i since you use it to soothe yourself you're an addict right i mean it's like it's the same thing with tv or whatever you know netflix says the person who watches religiously the kardashians Mm mm-hmm you but know? Corey, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Because <laughs> it's television. Yeah, TV's not as taboo. Okay, that's a good discussion to have, though. I because I feel like I feel like the 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 views on that questionnaire are kind of like antiquated. Yeah, definitely. Didn't we do a gaming addiction episode back in the day? Probably, I think so. But yeah, I think gaming addiction is filed under like general addiction but like i said it's if it's your choice of of medium for enjoyment you know as a consumer yeah what's it, the it, what's the, the 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 those addiction rules don't really apply you know right 
So what's the phrase? Behavioral addiction? Yeah. Is that what it, what it is when the thing itself isn't addictive? You're just addicted to... Like internet porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That sort of thing. I'm yeah. not addicted. You're not addicted to the porn itself. You're addicted to the the physical the fun that you're having. Right. While watching internet porn. The shot of dopamine. Yeah. Oh uh, <laughs> boy. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Corey. You're welcome, Dan. What do you got, Will? I have a couple different things. Um a few of them are unvideo game related. Uh, I was going to do hockey, but I want to talk about Fallout more mm-hmm. uh, since I've been playing it a lot more Good. recently. Good. Um, so you probably don't want to get into the nibble bit now, right? Would you? Do you want to save that? We can so, do that if it helps your discussion. I can read yeah. read it quick. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so the Bethesda announced their three pieces of DLC that are in the pipe to come out this year the first one uh do you want me to summarize them for you will or no uh i mean two of them to me are sound stupid so you can just summarize them okay i hope you're in agreement with me on this one then uh the first one's called automatron 10 bucks uh the long and the short of it is that there's some bad robots that invade the commonwealth and you need to go hunt them and as part of that you can build and customize your own robots all the way down to the paint scheme and the voice that they have that's that's coming in march i have zero interest in that yeah the other one or the next one i should say is called wasteland workshop it is only five dollars and in wasteland workshop you can design and set cages to capture live creatures also includes new design options for settlements and that one's coming in april really no interest it's fallout yeah, 4 that... pokemon yeah i don't know I... i'm pretty disappointed with those two when it's somebody that when it's something that somebody who's good at making mods can make i really am not interested right uh but the last one is called far harbor it's the biggest i'm assuming at 25 dollars. and i'll just read what the press release said uh a new case from Valentine's Detective Agency leads you on a search for a young woman and a secret colony of synths. Travel off the coast of Maine to the mysterious island of Far Harbor, where higher levels of radiation have created a more feral world. Navigate through the growing conflict between the synths, the children of Adam, and the local townspeople. Will you work towards bringing peace to Far Harbor, and at what cost? Far Harbor features the largest landmass for an add-on that we've ever created, filled with new faction quests, settlements, lethal creatures, and dungeons. Become more powerful with new, higher-level armor and weapons. The choices are all yours. Now, that sounds awesome to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the Coast of Maine setting. I think that's really cool. Um, Because it's going to be a lot of, like, water-related stuff, I assume. But... I don't know about you guys, but, like, going back into... Because I started New Vegas this week, too. I forgot to mention that. Okay. Uh, and the DLCs for that in Fallout 3, like, there was, like, four pretty big DLC, like, storylines for each game. And I feel like... I don't know if they're only announcing Far Harbor for Fallout 4, but, like, if that's it, I kind of was hoping for another, like, big DLC to the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah meaningful Um, that like iterates on the world yeah yeah because i don't i mean some people are going to be into it but i could care less about trying to cage monsters and hunt robots in the commonwealth 
Right. Because it's just going to be repeatable stuff. Yeah. I'm, on with, top, I'm with you 100%, Will. On top of the already billions of repeatable quests in the game. Well, let me ask you this. How much junk do you think you'll get to wade through? Oh, a whole lot of it. You think? I'm going to collect some globes. And <laughs> a couple of jerks, you two. Dinner, dinner tables or plates or whatever. Don't forget yeah. they're also increasing the price of the season pass from 30 to $50. But you That's have, right. They increased it. Yeah, you have until March 1st to buy it at $30 price tag. <clears throat> yeah, so... If you're interested in buying it. And, and the... the updated cost of the season pass is $50 <laughs> or I'm sorry $60 or no 50 50 yeah so there has to be another like large DLC thing in that right they have at least $60 worth of DLC planned which is another another thing to me that means nothing so you can't put a dollar on dollar value on something art it's arbitrary I, I mean t- if $10 could... another $10 is going to be hunting robots like that's something that's really easy, like... Or it could I don't know. be worse. It could be, like, new hats for your character. Hey. Team Fortress? Yeah. Ten, ten bucks. There's your $60 worth of DLC. Glad you dropped the $50 on the season pass. Yeah, that's, I, that's actually one thing that I really dislike, is the selling of the season pass along with the launch of a game when you have no idea what's going to be in it. Because, you know, like you said, Will, there's only one... To me, at least, interesting piece in that. You know, you don't know what's coming out later. You could spend $30, I guess, um, and have one piece out of five or six that's interesting. Yeah. You know? And I went back and forth when this got announced if if I should buy the season pass now or whatever and get all of that for the price that's at. But it's like, why? I don't know. I'd rather pay the $25 and just get Far Harbor. Yeah, just get the pieces that you want. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. like I said, I don't care about the other two things and yeah. what like. Yeah, and um, that, that's I, that's a chance that that I'm probably going to take too. Like I'll just wait. I'll just get like you get the Far Harbor piece. I'll get it from Green Man Gaming individually. You know, I'll save twenty or twenty five percent on it, and hopefully that's the only good part that they release. And or I shouldn't say that. That's rotten. But <laughs> um, hopefully that's the only piece I'm interested in. I'll put it that yeah. way. And I'll take take my chances uh, with the other stuff and missing it. I've uh, been playing a lot of Fallout 4, though, because of that announcement. I told myself I wanted to have the game beaten uh, on the PC because that's what I generally play on because mm-hmm. I let somebody borrow my PS4 version. So I wanted to, like, get the game beat and whatnot. So, like, I'm trying really hard to, like, explore and whatnot. Uh, And for, like, the 20 hours I have on my character, I have, like, over 200 locations discovered. Uh, on the map like i have the entire northern part pretty much discovered and i'm going through like boston right now and i'm discovering that uh i did do the quests of the uss constitution uh-huh. uh and bringing billy home to his parents Dan. okay um i thought both those quests were pretty good i really liked the uss constitution that was awesome uh, wasn't it <laughs> yeah it was probably the best side quest that i've seen in the game because yeah. it's kind of funny with how the robots are yeah uh and at the end when the ship takes <laughs> off yeah and just crashes into another building yep like that <laughs> that was, that really was pretty funny because after that happened i was like you gotta be kidding me so like i like walked over there and went back up the building to talk to uh captain ironside and he was so happy with the success of the the launching yeah um 
that one was my favorite and then the the murder mystery one was was one of my favorite ones too okay i didn't do that that was the one that you got from uh john hancock okay in um good neighbor i just discovered good neighbor okay so i haven't been in there yet yeah yeah, that Corey. was a really good mission. No, I was I was just thinking, and I had been thinking about this a lot this week, actually, and I'm glad you brought it up, Will, because <clears throat> my thoughts on Fallout 4 are pretty well documented mm-hmm. in, in our prior podcast. But um, having recently played uh, The Elder Scrolls Online, I was thinking about what separates The Elder Scrolls from Fallout. You know, they're both Bethesda games, uh, very similar in terms of game design. Mm-hmm. I think got, I know. It, well, it got me thinking, like, the Elder Scrolls is a created universe, whereas the universe that Fallout exists in is based on th- what the, the universe that we live in. Yeah. So the only, like, lore that exists is from whenever the whenever the bombs dropped. Or I guess it's 2077. But we're still based in the, in the world that we know. Yeah. And so I think it's a little bit... I don't want to say more difficult, but it's a different kind of creating interesting lore. And that I think part that's part of the reason why what I saw in Fallout 4 was not interesting to me at all. Mm-hmm. But how I don't understand how they did it with 3 and Obsidian did it with New Vegas. I don't know. I don't know cuz when you will you mention the uh it do you think it's a thing where Fallout was I don't know when I don't know when two came out, but like it sort of got rebooted in a sense uh, with Fallout Three, yeah. and like everybody was just really happy that it was back. It was fresh. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. And it, well, we talked about this before, but <clears throat> uh, Three in New Vegas had those RPG elements that you could really sink your teeth into and in character building and stuff. And yeah, it's right. not as much there with Fallout Four. <clears throat> um. I kind of just think Bethesda's better at doing, like, dry fantasy as opposed to, like, the quirky humor but, like, dark, ominous setting of a Fallout. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it, I think they did do it better in, in Fallout 3 in New Vegas. Yeah. Well, I, I can't stop thinking about the episode in the... Is it the Walking... Yeah, the Walking Dead Telltale game. Remember that one episode where you go to the farmhouse and the people are real creepy? Yeah. And yeah. they end up eating other humans yeah spoiler alert that was fantastic to me and that's what to me the fallout universe could really benefit from those kind of story uh that kind of storytelling it's just the destitute nature of those people out in the wasteland and the weird kind of lengths they go to 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 survive survive. yeah yeah you didn't really get us get much of a sense of that in fallout 4 you're right as compared to not so much new vegas but as compared to fallout 3 um in Fallout Three, like the first thing that comes to my head was I don't know if you guys remember Little Big Town. Uh, it's mm-hmm. that small town with like all uh, with very little people and like what they're doing to survive and like the super mutants attack it and you have to help them defend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like quests like that existed in Three, and I don't know if that's because that's directly where the bombs hit and like that's where it got hit the hardest because it's the nation's capital. Uh, if that's like part of it, but I don't, I don't know. It just seems like there was a lot more of that in three and stuff to look back on. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. New Vegas is more about like factional wars more so than even fallout four. Yeah. Uh, between the Caesars Legion and uh, new California Republic. 
and and house and yeah 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 that's what that's what was interesting about that game yeah yeah because there's there's obviously factional wars in fallout 4 but i don't think there is is um i don't want to say well thought out but um not not as apparent i guess the one of the issues i take with it is like there's so little main story with some of the factions like the railroad and minutemen and it's all repeatable quests but and they didn't even put in like cool side quests within the factions that you can go do it's all like for the uh, railroad it's putting up the milas yeah. in the different spots or like going and doing whatever for uh pam the robot like, there's that's all... and there's nothing interesting about those no, it really isn't. And the Railroad is one I think is the coolest faction beside the Institute in the game. Uh, and I feel like it was pretty disappointing because I felt like they could have done way more with it and made it a much cooler faction than what it was. Yeah. And they, they touched on the most interesting part about that faction, to me anyway. They touched on that when I first met them and then never revisited it. Oh, like and, how they got attacked? Well, no, the, the, the big question is uh, like... How did she phrase it? I can't remember exactly how she phrased it, but something along the lines of, you know, what do we, to what extent do we consider people human mm-hmm. since human? Right. And, and she, I think she said that there's a little bit of disagreement within the railroad about that. Like how far does it go where a robot is a robot and not human? Right. Yeah. Because one of the agents was actually a synth and she wanted to save all synths because they were all human. But Basically. they don't they don't touch on that again. And you you chose the railroad as a faction to beat the game with, right? For that reason, yeah. yeah. And I never saw any of that. It wasn't even wasn't even brought up. Right. That that's partly why I chose the institute because I felt like I could get more story out of it. Really. Um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I I, I kind of felt that way too. I I just ended up sticking with the Minutemen. Um, only because I hated the Institute and yeah. their approach to things. Um, you know, play, playing with lives, that sort of thing, like without the permission of the, the of the, pe- the, pe- the people involved. Yeah. It's the um, libertarian in you, Dan. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's kind of my thoughts on uh, – I it, it mirrors my thoughts on the end of uh, The Last of Us a little bit. It's that sort that sort of thing that I really don't okay. like. That's interesting. Um, I'd like I'd still like to do at some point, uh, uh, like a spoiler episode of The Last of Us, and and just talk about the whole ending because it's really interesting to me. I've done a lot of reading on it, so you're right. We that, should that's do a, that. Yeah, maybe we'll have an episode for that. But um, yeah, uh, I I mean I even missed out on a lot of the more interesting story elements that happened for whatever reason. It just didn't trigger in my game. Um, you know, the big battles between all the different factions. I never had any of that stuff for some reason. Yeah. I never, never had that. Apparently I was supposed to fight the brotherhood of steel in my game and that just never happened. Yeah. There was one moment Corey. I think you had the same thing. Uh, it was the battle of bunker Hill Mm -hmm. uh, over the synths. Yeah. And you and I both botched the mission on purpose, but it was so cool because, the Brotherhood, Minutemen, um, Railroad, and Institute were all fighting at that place and killing each other, and you sided up with that Institute agent. And I think you and I both killed the agent 
and let the synths go, and you remember Father was really upset. Yes. With it, he kind of knew you screwed with the mission, but didn't kick you out completely. That was uh, in in addition to visiting the glowing sea for the first time. That was the the second of two mm-hmm. great <laughs> moments in Fallout Four. What about when the, yeah. when the Perwin came flying over? Oh yeah, okay, all right, you're three. right. You're right. That was two of three great moments. Gotcha. Uh, because you're right. That was extremely well written, and for a video game brilliantly acted when father is without saying it uh without articulating it exactly is is expressing his displeasure and uh i actually answered his questions once and then he kicked me out and i restarted it and did it all over again without admitting it and he kept me in yeah but i I thought that was a really great moment because you're on the roof you're overlooking the wasteland it's really it's it's really cool yeah, because he's talking about, like, how it has no hope and how, like, all he's trying to do is bring hope to the people of the Commonwealth, and you just blew that mission. Yeah. And I thought it was, like, a very powerful moment Yep, just in the game. Yeah, it was really good. I also, for the record, don't want to make it seem like I didn't like Fallout 4 because I did really like Fallout 4. More so than me, at yeah, least. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I think it's a good game, not a great game. Yeah. Ow, that's fair. It Where do you guys think it'll sit in the history? History of, you know, the whole Bethesda, Elder Scrolls, Fallout kind of Probably not that well. I think yeah. um I know it reviewed really well, uh, but I think that's largely because of the um mechanics improvements, you know. The shooting's great. Like I was playing yeah. New Vegas, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, when you go back and play one of those old games, you realize how crappy they were. Yeah, uh, mechanically. Here, Which is why thing. Fallout Four used the same user interface for ten years. No, I mean I'm talking about the yeah, the, I know the, gameplay. The, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't. I love the Pip Boy thing. I know you guys Ugh. didn't like it, but I love that. I actually do like the Pip. Does it works? It works a lot better with a keyboard and mouse than with a controller. It's yeah, just it's just easier crazy. to navigate. It, I mean, it's like I, a Nintendo, it's like an NES menu. <laughs> but that's, I mean, I, that, to me, that's part of the game. Like that. The, no. Yeah, I think yeah, it is. Pip Boy and Fallout go hand in hand with me. I don't know. I don't have. I can see why people don't like it. Sure. But I never had an issue with. No, I that liked it. I, I I still say it's it's easier to navigate with a keyboard and mouse, whereas a game like um oh uh. Dragon's Dogma, navigating the menus with keyboard and mouse is a nightmare, but it yeah. works great on a controller. You know, it's just the way the game is. Yeah, and like as I said, I don't want to make it seem like I think Fallout Four is the worst game. Uh, some of it has spoiled uh, some of the old Fallout for me because when I played New Vegas, uh, one thing I noticed is the non-voice acted main character. I really like the voice acting for the main character. Yeah, and I know it doesn't bring vast dialogue uh to the game so you can't like one of the issues is how the since there's the voice protagonist like the dialogue that you have is more limited to what you can say and convince them and so on and so forth and i get that so like the voicing dialogue is uh something i sort of miss but i understand in new vegas why it's not there but go ahead finish your thought i'm sorry well and i was just gonna say but like 
and the shooting in four is way better. And but when I went back to New Vegas and I did the intro to the game, and it was like you're in Good Springs and Sunny Smiles is teaching you how to shoot and whatnot. And like the first mission of the game is the Powder Gangers come to Good Springs and they want to fight over that traitor that's there. And like you can either give them up or you can side with Good Springs and you can convince everybody to help you fight them off. And like you have a war. With the powder gangers like right off the bat, and like that's such a cool way to start the game. Yeah, and the huge choice you get to make immediately. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like that. I loved that part of it. Right, and and Jake actually says in the chat, I've played probably thousands of hours in Fallout. I'm still having fun because I make my own fun. I create my own story, and there's definitely something to be said for that. And I think you you can definitely make your own fun. But one of the issues I had is that. Like Dan was saying, the the role playing elements in Fallout Four aren't there compared to what they were in Fallout Three and New Vegas. So when you're forced into a decision that you don't even remotely want to make, or you're forced into making a choice that you're you're not even remotely close to making, uh, it really takes you out of your own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, there's. A- Go ahead. I think they could have done like a mix too of the yes. voice acting and because I re- I'm with Will. I I like the voice acted main character. It, it yep. helped me bond a little bit more with my character than I did in the old Fallout games. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I did like that, but they could have done like maybe just right. just the main story stuff. Have it be voice acted, and all the all the dumb side missions didn't necessarily need to be voice acted. Exactly. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe what they expect most people to do is all voice acted. And and that's when you go to the faction that they want you to kill. And, you know, it's all voice acted and that's all nice. But if you spend a little bit of a time and talk to the right people and discover the right items and and whatnot, maybe there's an option where you can give an item to a player on one of the factions and they sort of forget the whole thing and maybe that's not scripted but that's still a better option to me than being forced into something that is voice acted yeah you know i'd I'd rather have the role playing than the voice acting Mm -hmm. for sure yeah fair enough or like dan said a combination of the two i think is is where i'm going with that Mm -hmm. i guess to top off my thoughts on fallout i'll just do my nibble bit now uh, and get your guys' thought. Uh, Bethesda went through the trouble of getting Fallout 3 uh, not banned in Germany. And that caused a lot of speculation that they're either going to release the game on backwards compatibility for the Xbox, because I think you had to buy Fallout 4 for it to be available for backwards compatibility. It's not generally. Or there's going to be a re-release of it. Mm-hmm. Uh what do you guys think about that? Would I, you be for a Fallout 3 re-release? I mean, I have it on my computer, so it doesn't make a difference. I, what I would like to see is a remaster done in the current Fallout 4's engine and with the graphics and gameplay like that, but yeah, still keep the old stuff the way it was. I don't know if they can do that, but that would be ideal for me. I just find it interesting that they would go through the trouble of making sure Germany has it available. Yeah. I don't know. Cause even if they were going to uh, put it out on backwards compat- compatibility, like wh- why would they need to make sure it's good in Germany? It's weird that it was banned in Germany. Yeah. That in Australia and India. That's insane. India is because of the Brahmin. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cows. Yeah. 
still, it's just weird. Yeah, I don't know. I just I kind of hope they do like a remaster, like you said. That's like best case scenario for me. Yeah. Uh, keep everything the same, but like update the graphics and everything. I want to go back to Rivet City so bad. Yeah, Rivet City was cool. I was actually sitting in class today, and I had like fond memories of like Megaton. Thinking about Lucas Sims playing my evil character and blowing up Megaton from <laughs> Ten Penny Tower. Oh, that another the... big choice you can make right at the beginning of the game, which changes the entire game. Yep. That was good stuff. Is there any of that in Fallout 4, like big, <sighs> big world changes? I don't know. And and what's what's interesting about that is if you destroy Megaton, there's really no good reason to destroy it. But no, because you, you want to be an evil bastard. That's what. But you still can. You right. still have that option. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to. That do my evil playthrough for that one exactly if you wanted you could shoot the guy who asked you to do it right on the spot and it was okay with everybody there too well yeah (laughs) okay that's it for me on fallout 4 i just wanted to i just want to talk more fallout because i've been playing it and it's been on my mind Mm -hmm. sounds good have you been playing with keyboard and mouse will uh, yes, I do for uh, that game, The Division. I might not because of like the cover, but okay. like for Fallout, I do play with the keyboard and mouse. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, shall we get into Nibblevitz? Can we take five? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. Um, and be back with Nibblebits in our weeks in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 239 of the Thumbs of Athletes podcast. We are now in our Nibblevitz segment. Uh, Will, why don't you go first? If you're ready. Uh, one sec, I have to get him up. Have Corey go before me, I'm sorry. Alright, Corey, why don't you go ahead? Sure, Dan! I'm always prepared. I was being stupid, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. fine. Quantum Break will not be available on Steam. It is instead a Windows 10 Store exclusive. Yeah. That kind of stinks. But. So, the article I read on Eurogamer actually pointed out how people were canceling their their Xbox pre-orders because the game is coming to PC. Really? Yeah. That's stupid. Which led, uh, what's his name, Phil Spencer to go on a little bit of a, ti- uh, not a tirade, but a Twitter uh, criticism of those people. Yeah, why do they, why, why care? Yeah, that's what he said. He's like, so you're going to cancel a pre-order for a game that you want because other people will be able to play it on PC. Yeah. And the answer to that question from those people is yes, because (laughs) they can. Jesus. But I actually read the the comments on that. Well, what what are your guys' thoughts on not coming to Steam, Windows 10 Store exclusive? I mean, I figured. At, at this point, like, I used to get mad when stuff wouldn't get on Steam. But at this point, like, I just, I, I got the Ubisoft Humble Bundle, which put a g- bunch of games on Uplay, which is my least favorite client. Um, you know, it, there's going to be separate storefronts. It's You can't do anything about it. Got a deal. So. Well, Dan Klopsy who commented on this Eurogame article, Uh uh, who actually, their source was somebody on Reddit. (laughs) Uh, 
Um, although I did do a little bit of digging, and it, it seemed like this person on Reddit was accurate in everything that they said. Nobody okay. seemed to disagree, and just based on what I could find, I couldn't find any contradicting evidence. So, one of the biggest, or a number of the biggest complaints of it, not only the fact that it's not on Steam, but it being a Windows 10 Store exclusive means it's a Windows 10 app, which means no SLI, no SLI or Crossfire. Hmm. Uh, there's no the no refund policy. Doesn't exist. VSync is always on. If that's something that doesn't work for you for whatever reason, tough. Uh, it's always borderless full screen. Game files are protected. You can't launch it via uh, via the EXE, so you can't add it as a non-Steam game mm-hmm. in Steam. Uh, no FPS hardware monitor software works with it. You need to take control of the folder as admin if you want to access the files. Mouse software, which lets you create custom binds for each game, does not work. And you can't use programs like SweetFX, nor are there mods. Oh, that's... Those are fair uh, complaints, I guess. It's a good, good because, collection of complaints. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, one of the, the staples of PC gaming is options, you know? If you're taking away people's options, like it's almost like you shouldn't release it on PC, you know? Yeah. I always kind of thought as this Quantum Break thing, you know, I always thought of it as an Xbox game, and it coming to Windows was more of a, like, experiment kind of thing. Yeah. Is it coming to, is it going to be a Windows Store app, or is it going to be, because the Xbox thing is slightly different, the Xbox Windows 10 app, is it coming to that? Yeah, it's a uh, Windows 10 store stuff are Windows 10 apps. Right, but I'm saying is it because there's an Xbox app in Windows 10, is it going to it's separate. that? separate. Separate. Those two are separate. Yes. So is it going to the Xbox app and not the Windows 10 store? No. For Windows 10 store, yes. Xbox app, no. Okay. You're you're 100% sure on that. I'm about 90% sure. Okay. Yeah, cuz that that would make a difference, you know, if if because you're you're right, the App Store stuff that, you know, that's that's mobile games. Um, yeah. So, if it could come to the Xbox app because I like I said I know that's going to be different. I know when uh like the Gears of War stuff is coming, I'm pretty sure that's going to the Xbox app and not the Windows Store app. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll double check while we're while we're chatting here. Yeah, that's that seems weird to me. I'm not sure. I the problem is is that I have not touched the Windows 10 app stuff on Windows 10 at all. Yeah, I actually deleted a ton of Windows 10 apps. Yeah, I did too. Right off the bat, Candy Crush Saga was already installed on my computer. Well, even the stupid stuff like the clock and the you know uh, all that yeah. garbage junk. I don't I don't need any of that. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to find this easily. So maybe if we think of it during the next break, we'll we'll try and dig it up. That that seems weird. It really does. I I would I would venture to say that that might not be accurate. That's going to be Windows 10. It's definitely a Windows 10 app. It's an app. Hundred percent sure. It's an app. Yes, I can guarantee you that. All right. Okay. Yes. Continue. 
I'm looking it up right now, but you can go ahead. Okay, Corey. I'll continue. Um, I think we said all that needs to be said about that. Uh, Dark Souls is coming to Xbox One backwards compatibility. I in my tweet I said that's a surprise to no one. Yeah, that's one of the greatest games of, in my opinion, anyway, of uh, the last gen. So, not surprised to see that one. And actually, if you order Dark Souls three through the Xbox Store, you get Dark Souls Uno for free. Can't go wrong with that. No. But then uh, my last one was the Bethesda DLC, which we already talked about. So that's all I have. Will? Uh, yeah. All right. So the ratings board hints at a PlayStation 4 version of Smite coming out. Uh, basically, the listing uh, was on Peggy, the European uh, rating board. And has listed the MOBA uh, with a 12 rating due to its non-realistic-looking violence towards humans and characters. So, Smite is a game that I play on the Xbox with my friends. I don't think I will ever play this on my PlayStation, though. But for people who don't have Xbox or don't play this on uh, PC, this is a very good MOBA for people to play. It's a little bit different with how the uh, third-person viewing works and whatnot. Uh, it's a fun MOBA. There's a lot of new updates that have been coming out. One actually recently just came out on the Xbox, releasing a new god. So cool! Yeah, I saw Smite. something. Uh, that, there was a Smite was in one of the humble bundles recently, or really? uh, con- Smite content, I guess. There was like a multiplayer bundle that came out that had a bunch of weird, like stuff. add-ons to like free-to-play games and stuff like that. Any of it seem worth it? I don't know if you guys saw it. Not if you don't play those games. It, it seemed like a package of like, what's the best? It's like a like a Dynamate. You remember Dynamate? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dynamate was uh, a coupon book that we sold in middle school, like as fundraisers to like local restaurants. Uh, and that's what this humble bundle kind of seemed like. Well, here's a bunch of good deals, but first you got to get in and play it, and then you can use it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's a bad analogy. <laughs> Basically, you have to, for those like coupon books, you have to actually go to the place right. to yeah. get the value for yeah. it. So yeah. you'd have to actually play the game for it to be worth it. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks, Will. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Uh, and my next one is one that I found just now. Pokemon X, Y, and Z. Uh, the show is coming, but there's still no Pokemon Z. What? Yeah. Uh, you know how they the Pokemon anime? They do the seasons for the different games, basically. Uh, they're on season 19 now, which is Pokemon X, Y, and Z. Uh, and a lot of people are wondering why there's no Pokemon Z yet if the new Pokemon series is X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I've heard, I've maybe, heard that. A couple of maybe we're places. getting a Pokemon Z, Dan? Who knows? Maybe, maybe Z is the TV series. Wow, that's meta. Deep. Dan, uh, you... go ahead. I was gonna say, Dan, are you pretty much gonna get any Pokemon that comes out in the 3DS? Um, it depends on when. I probably okay. won't. I probably won't revisit the blue and red Pokemon no. games. Like new ones. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. So I'll have somebody to trade with. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see why not. Because Corey hates them for whatever reason. Pokemon. <laughs> Yeah, I like Pokemon. I was just really disappointed in 
what was the new one that came out? The X, X and Y. I'm, su- I'm surprised you were. Having not played any, po- any Pokemon since Blue and Red, I played X and Y, and I'm like, oh, this is just like Blue and Red, just nicer graphics. Blasphemy. There's uh, so much just, more to it, Corey. No, no, thanks. That's enough of your blaspheming, Corey. Oh, that's right. You can roller skate. Oh my I God. forgot that part. How oh dare God, you. Corey. How dare you. That's I'm, all I have, Dan. Okay. I'm not finding any consensus. It says just Quantum Break for Windows 10. It doesn't hasn't said anywhere if it's you know in the App Store, per se, or somewhere else. It just says it's for Windows 10. But that's in my brief search right now on my slow tablet, so that's not confirming or denying anything at this point. But we'll look into it. If I think about about it when I go upstairs, I'll see if it's available for pre order in the app store. <clears throat> uh it is gonna be a Direct X twelve game though, which is good. Because Direct X twelve is uh Awesome. Sp- yeah, it's supposed to be really good and uh specifically is for processing. Um it, it utilizes multi-core processors a lot better than than old uh, DirectX 11 and previous versions, so that's important. But anyway, I'll call up my uh, nibble bits. Mm, my first one. <clears throat> Fans have set out to remake Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic with a project called a Apeiron. Uh, Apeiron seeks to recreate Knights of the Old Republic in Unreal 4. Uh, along with extra content and a complete overhaul of the heads-up display, inventory, missions, and companions. Um, you never know how these projects are going to end up. Sometimes they don't end up finishing them. but uh, Most of them don't, I would say. A lot of them, but at, at the same time, you also end up with uh, you know, your Portal Stories Mel or uh, Black Mesa, stuff like that. Like Some, some of these things do end up working and, and being really good, so... Fingers crossed for that one because that's a really good game. I know you played it recently, Corey. Was it last year for four in February? Yeah, last year's four in Feb. Yeah, it was good stuff, right? Yeah, I have to go back and play um, two. Yeah, I actually, in a lot of ways, like two better than the first one. Really? I don't remember why specifically, but I've heard that. I had a for a game that's r- relatively dated. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it's I good. Had a good time. It's a good one. Yeah. All right. My next nimble bit. Uh, speaking at the Casual Connect conference in Amsterdam, ARM co- ARM company director said, oh, I didn't write his name down, damn it, said that mobile graphics power will equal that of the PS4 and Xbox One by the end of 2017. He went on to say the power will be very helpful for VR purposes, making VR much more accessible uh, with it being on devices that people already own. Now... I read the. I made the mistake of reading the comments underneath this article, and there was a lot of people that just didn't understand what this guy was getting, you know, the the, the points that he was making about it. So uh, there was one or two people that actually understood like what this means for gaming, because people um, immediately jumped to, yeah, that that it'll never be the case, uh, or, or they'll never replace consoles because of the controls. You know, obviously, touchscreen controls are garbage for the most part um and then battery life was another complaint but like i said there was one or two people that understood uh and i i wanted to talk about the nx because this is nintendo if if this is uh if this is actually going to be what nintendo's going to do they might be ahead of the curve uh and what the idea is uh you know you would have your 
device, your phone or whatever, and you plug it into like a dock and, you know, the dock is the actual like console part uh, because it can render graphics better than the Xbox One or PS4. Um, You know, you would just plug it into the dock and, you know, pick up your controller and play video games that way. Yeah. Um, which is supposedly what the NX is supposed to, supposed to be able to do. Uh, it's a mobile mobile gaming thing. Uh, you know, uh, it has its own processing and may render graphics in 720p or whatever. Uh, and then when you plug it into the actual console version, this is all rumors, um, then it'll render, t- you know, 1080p, 60fps or whatever. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, I wanted to bring up some of, some of this stuff is actually already kind of there. Um are you guys familiar with the NVIDIA Shield set-top box? Not the tablet, but the set-top box? No, I didn't yes. know they had one. Yeah, they came oh, out okay. with a set-top box last year, which is it's basically a, a high, highly-powered Oya, Corey. Um, I think the, there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't. No, there isn't. Uh, but the, 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 with the high, highly-powered nature of it, it, it can run uh, board, uh, uh, Google Play version of uh, Borderlands 2. Uh, it runs Talos Principle. It runs uh, Portal and Portal Two, mm-hmm. like natively. Yeah. Um, so that's also like kind of what what they're talking about. Um, because w- one of the things that they they didn't talk about is the consoles. They're they're static. You know, it's however long the consoles they're are around. They don't uh, improve in any way, other than right. you know minor things, uh, manufacturing processes and stuff. Whereas uh, every year there's a new every year there's a new phone or graphics card or whatever, so uh, they think it's going to be easier for, uh, like, say, Sony and Xbox to have their own tablet. I guess uh, that they can, you know, have a new one come out every year, have it be two hundred bucks, um, and you can, you know, plug that into your TV or plug it into a dock or whatever, and, and game that way. Definitely, that's what people think the the direction is going to going to head so i mean it only makes sense too that's where all the innovation is that's where the money is everybody has well, uh... and that's part of it too is everyone has most people have a phone you know right. you're, you're looking at uh if you're looking at numbers uh because a lot of people said oh game developers will never, never go for it but if you're talking about how many people have an android device you know is there like a billion people how many people have an <laughs> apple device a billion two billion like that's a lot of people, lot of people that you're going to have access to. Not everyone's going to buy your games, but the numbers are there, you know. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to the to the games industry with all this stuff. Cuz I actually I was on the in the same page up until recently. Um I was like there's no way like mobile devices will ever like, you know, catch up to like a, a video game console. Um but Something I read like last year, I was like, "Well, that's pretty close already." Yeah, um, because the well, the Shield tablet is already more powerful than the Xbox 360 and PS3. Sure. So, and yeah, I mean, just anecdotally, look at some of the games that are already out for for these devices. Yeah, they're the Talos Principle. Right. They're they're simpler, but that has more to do with the user interface than the abilities of the hardware. It's yeah, it's more yeah, it's it's the control scheme. That's yeah. that's the the thing, but you know, companies can remedy that with ha- having a dock, you know, you plug sure. it, you plug the dock, you have a bluetooth controller, you play and it just run, you know, run run an HDMI cable from the dock to your TV and you boom, you have a traditional console like device. And to so. me that's just more evidence of the NX being something 
if that's like actually like said. if that if that's actually the case that that's what Nintendo's doing, they really like they're really ahead of the curve for once. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the benefit of being behind the curve for a little while. You yeah. have to do something to innovate. If they see what a great the, opportunity. Yeah, if they saw that this is the direction the industry may be heading, they can jump out ahead of it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, so I thought Absolutely. that was that was neat. If if that's the case, and the NX is a, a mobile phone, in addition to the <laughs> the home console portion, would you guys switch over to Nintendo phone? Oh yeah, oh, I yeah. would do in a second. Yeah. Definitely. Possibly. Yeah. As much as I love my phone, um, I would switch over to a Nintendo oh, phone yeah. in a freaking heartbeat. Yep. And, and they said, um, I that was a rumor I talked about months ago, maybe even like six months ago, that the new Nintendo console was going to be Android based. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, and I've been iOS ever since I've had a smartphone. Yeah. Um, I would I would switch in a second to you know be part of the nintendo ecosystem because it's nintendo in a new york minute yep yeah but think about how hard they make everything like well, hopefully that partnership with dena yeah who is i mean that's what they're known for is developing mobile Mobile apps hopefully that you know is a boon yeah they, they can be difficult with things but they also have a good way of simplifying things so i mean I know I those, think those two things sound very counter to each other. The gaming portion, they do an excellent job uh, simplifying things down. But the social features right. is just... Well, a lot of that has to do with their making their platform safe for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... Well, it is they don't for... do a good job. <laughs> no. I've seen plenty of dick pics in the Miiverse. Yeah, play the Smash Brothers stage uh, where the things come up and play Sonic. One of the things is Sonic saying Sonic did 9-11. Like... <laughs> or there's that one of Dr. Mario fondling some balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw that a few different places. It was genius, though. Because, exactly. like, uh, if a filter, I don't know how, how technical the filter is, but if it just sees a picture of Dr. Mario... Like holding something, like I don't know if it can pick out that it's a pair of a pair of balls, you know. Uh, Wh- whoever did that, that made that is genius. Brilliant. Oh yeah, genius. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah, but that I thought that was an interesting, uh, interesting thing. We'll see what happens with that. We'll keep you posted on. They said the end of twenty seventeen, so a year and a half. I totally believe it. From now, yeah. For sure. Um, there's actually a long conversation on our Twitter feed, too, of people talking about that specific thing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting Interesting to me, uh, you know. I, well, mean, that's, I, I mean, being into tech like I am, I, I love hearing all that sort of stuff. It's where, it's where all the R&D is. Why wouldn't it surpass? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I've talked about it, but my phone has a greater than 1080p screen. It's got a 1440p screen, like... Yeah, on my freaking phone. They're start gonna, I think they're going to start having 4K phones by the end of this year already. Like it's pretty impressive. You can you can even push if you got Wi-Fi. You can even push that video to a TV screen without even using a cord. Yeah, Chrome, you know? Chromecast or Roku's have that ability to do that too. Right. And my my TV's my main TV is a Roku TV, so I don't even I also, have to have anything hooked up to it. I also saw the headline today how Nvidia shocked 
Wall Street with record earnings. Yeah. You know, so they're raking it in. Yeah, well, the the 970 is the most popular card on Steam right now, the GTX 970. Right, but they do mobile chips too, right? They do mobile chips. Yep, they have the yeah. X1, which is really popular. They're also getting into the the um, the car things. They have they're big into the uh, like self driving cars, and they're the ones that I, I I don't know if I talked to you guys about this, but they they wanted to put screens in cars where the pillars are to make the pillars invisible, so it just shows like like what's going on outside the pillar, so it doesn't look like your car has any pillars on the inside for visibility purposes. Whoa. Yeah, so you know the the one of the big things at CES was the flexible screens, um, specifically on phones. But you know you could put your flexible screen on there and have your like pillars in your car be completely invisible. That's deep, man. Yeah, that's cool. Neat stuff. Love technology. Um, but yeah, that's enough on that. Uh, and then my last little bit, XCOM Two got a little hot fix update the other day, fixing several bugs that would cause the game to crash. Actually, most of the bugs that they fixed caused the game to crash. Uh, but performance is largely unchanged. Apparently, for some people, it helped. Uh, it didn't help me at all. I was still getting consistent frame rate drops and whatnot. Uh, so what they what they fixed, um, the bug where the player is unable to progress uh, to scan the geoscape after completing the resistance communications research via tutorial. This will fix previously affected saves, which is good. If your game was, was bugged out before, um, you can go back and play it. Uh, unable to load saves with chrysalis, chrysalid cocoon. This will fix the issue and for previously affected saves. Adjustments were made to texture streaming to assist with periodic frame spikes. I didn't get that. Uh, using the preview voice button for a modded voice pack will no longer crash the game when in the armory. And then they removed 8x MSAA for default, from default max settings. So, Huh. Yeah, uh, it's definitely not a comprehensive patch, but they fixed a lot of the crashing, which is good. Um, I actually, it caused me a blue screen of death on my computer, a blue screen of death crash. It fixed the crashing, but I was reading that people still had the same performance issues. Oh, yeah. I'll talk about that when I get to my uh, joys and sorrows of XCOM 2 during what we played. (laughs) So, um should we get I'm into our weeks? I'm to play this game until everything's, like, sorted out. Okay. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. Um, all right, uh, I'll go first for our weeks. Uh, watch two movies. Watch what? Two, I know. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban and Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Nice. Uh, both of which I liked more than the first two. Uh, I think Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite so far. Interesting. It's really okay. good. Yeah. That's... Uh... Chris is the one who let me borrow. He has the whole all, okay. the whole set. Yeah, and, uh, that's his favorite. Okay, too. I so. can see that. I, that that the way it ends is really cool. Uh, I, I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone that hasn't seen it, even though it's been out forever. Can you refresh my memory without spoiling anything? Um, time travel. No, not ringing a bell. It's <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see here. Um. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I thought that I thought that part was was awesome. Like yeah. I I thought the movie was going to end and then they had this whole other all other thing and I'm like, "Oh, that was that was awesome." But I did really like Goblet of Fire too. Um I'm really enjoying my Harry Potter That was my favorite experience. I or could no, see that. Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets. Okay. And then Goblet of Fire. Mhm. Yeah, it's good stuff. So we have uh four more to go. We're halfway through the series. Um, I think we're going to watch one tomorrow night. 
which is, I believe it's Order of the Phoenix is the next one. You nerds. They're all downhill from here, Dan. Uh, I've heard that, but my wife seems to like as they get further on. So My uh, my girlfriend, same way, but for me, that was just uh, downhill after okay. Azkaban. Oh, okay. I could see that. Um, so I did that. Um, yeah, it's, it's all, it's my first experience with Harry Potter. I never, I never watched the movies. I never read the books. I had no idea what was going on in any of them. I'm surprised I was able to avoid any spoilers. Like I literally have no idea what happens in any of the series. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I bought Far Cry Primal oh. from Green, Green Man Gaming. It was $36. Good um, deal. So if you're going to get it for computer uh, i don't recommend pre-ordering games ever uh, but if you are going to buy it and you're going to get it on computer green man gaming has a deal for 36 bucks for you play only it's not steam um, uh. but it doesn't like like i said i've given up at this point um it still has to launch through you play even if you have it on steam so it's like well whatever i just like how steam so pleasantly displays the like achievements and the yeah. hours played and you can still do that stuff by by adding a non steam game and launching it through there it'll still keep track of hours that's, played and stuff that's right i forgot about that yeah i used to do that with like titanfall i would launch through steam so oh i completely forgot about that yeah um i also bought the ubisoft humble bundle uh, I got the $15 version, which gave me... Uh, I specifically wanted the crew. Um, so it gave me that and a bunch of other games. A, few, uh, a couple games on Steam were on there. Um, I don't remember. Oh, I got Assassin's Creed Rogue. Rogue, yeah. Too, um, which I'm interested in playing at some point. Uh, but yeah, I, I mostly wanted that for the crew. I, I like Corey. I think Corey talked about this a little while ago, but I wanted to get the... Uh, the Division version. I think it was $75 for all those games and the Division and an awesome Division t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't I couldn't uh, afford it at this point. Where our, our tax return is supposed to come next week, so I actually have some money. But I'm with you. I'm with you. I was so close to pulling the trigger on that. Yeah. It was, it was an awesome shirt. It really was. It was, yeah. But, and, I mean, go ahead, Will. I was just going to say, is the crew still, like, 50 bucks? No, I think it's I think, so. I think it's thirty. If you like, were to just buy it on Steam, I think it's thirty. Because I wanted to play it too, but it's been expensive. It's, go on, I was just yeah. It's been it. on sale a couple couple times. I, I want to say like the most recent, the Lunar Sale, Steam Lunar Sale. I think it was <laughs> like fifteen by itself. But I I, I paid the fifteen, um, and got a bunch of other games with it. So okay, gotta love the humble bundles. Uh, and then for my last one, I got cable. Crazy. I know. Well, here's from what Time happened. Time Warner, you got cable. From Time Warner Cable, I got cable. Here's what happened. I don't even know why I was looking at this, but I oh, th- like once a week they'll send me a flyer. Up, you know, upgrade cable, add phone service, blah blah blah. Uh, and finally, like they sent me one where I was getting, like, like standard cable and HBO. And I would pay a dollar more, a dollar fifty, or a dollar, dollar fifty more than I already pay now just for internet. So I was like, sure, why not? Game of Thrones is going to be back on soon because, like I said, it came with HBO. Game of Thrones is going to be back on. I can watch it, like actually when it airs and stuff, um, which is awesome. Plus, I I got access to HBO Go, uh, which is also awesome. There's some good movies and stuff on there. 
So I went on the computer and I just went into my account. I ordered it on my account. They shipped me the the cable box to set up myself. I was like, hey, Time Warner's really making some improvements here. So I expected it to be here like later this week or maybe even next week. I got it like two days later. It came in the mail. That was was naive of you, Dan. I know. Um, But that's where the fun stops. So I got, I got, of course it, it's Time Warner. It's not going to be easy. I got it. I hooked it, everything up. Uh, I went to do the, the easy connect. You can go like right into your account and get it all set up through there. Uh, you go into your account on the website. Uh, so I went on and no detection of any cable box. So it's like, great. <laughs> I, I spent like maybe an hour, two hours trying to tinker with it to get it to work. Nothing. So it was like, great. I'm going to have to call these people. Um, I didn't want to have to do that. Part of the reason why I did this is because I knew I didn't need to call them. So I called them. Well, they couldn't do anything for me, like, over the phone. So they set up an appointment for me for the next day. Uh, they have one-hour windows now, which is nice. So yeah. they said, you know, your your service technician will be there between 10 and 11. I was like, great. That's perfect. You know, it's before I need to take my son to school. Um, not a problem. So it gets to be about 9 or 9.30, and I get a call from Time Warner the truck is down, so they can't make my appointment. At Are you between, kidding me? No, I am not kidding you. <laughs> I, they can't make my appointment between 10 and 11. Is there a time later on the day that they can come? I was like, yeah, I'll be home at 4, come then. So finally 4 rolls around, and they call, and they're like, yeah, we'll be there closer to 5. It's like, okay, fine. So they come at 5. Uh, luckily, the guy's really cool. Um, he, he got it hooked up and set up and within like half an hour, probably maybe an hour tops. And what it turns out that when I canceled my cable before they put, uh, like a restrictor on my line leading to my house, which made it so only internet traffic would go through it and not TV traffic, which is crazy that they can control that. But, um, he said that they sometimes they'll not take it down in time because because it had only been like two days since I ordered it. Like they hadn't sent someone out to come take that thing off so I could actually connect my cable. So, um, but yeah, like we have way more channels than we should. I only ordered like the basic cable, which is like twenty five channels, but I got a ton of channels. So I don't know how that happened. I always think of that scene in the Cable Guy. <laughs> yeah, or Matthew Broderick tries to give him a little extra money yeah you mean like free cable <laughs> i'm great. just joshing you i'll juice you up <laughs> it's a great movie yeah it really is so yeah um uh, my my bill actually went down too i'm not sure how that happened but i was paying it was 90 dollars and like 30 cents per month for 30 megs down five up but it went down to 81 for adding cable hey can't complain about that. No, um, I, I don't want to tell my girlfriend about these cable deals they yeah. send because she'll want them. It's only for 12 months, too, and after that, it'll go up to, like, 140. Yep. So I have well, to cancel it before then. That's what just happened to me with Internet. I was paying 75 yeah. or $74 for the longest time, and then mm-hmm. it just jumped up, like, $12. Yeah. And I uh, actually got on and chatted with one of the representatives and – he told me that my promotion had ended, but they still have me on another promotion. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Hmm. It's just a lot of money to be paying for crappy internet. Uh, well, yeah, a mild upgrade to basic internet. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not a very big upgrade, and it's no. considerably more. Yeah, but 
yeah. Of course, it couldn't be easy to, you know. No, it's never. It's uh, don't get me started. <laughs> but like I said, uh, the HBO and HBO Go is worth it. Mad Max is on HBO. Go. Have you watched it yet? No, but I'm going to. Uh, we're actually chatting Oscar predictions in the in the chat room. Oh, nice! Uh, definitely watch Mad Max. I think I think you'll really like it. Yeah, especially being a Borderlands fan, it's right up my alley. Yeah. Um, but that's all I had going on. I actually had stuff to talk about this week, which is different. Uh, Will, what do you got? Uh, honestly, a lot of hockey. Uh, I, as I mentioned earlier, I've been watching. I'm kind of mad at my girlfriend team, uh, the Minnesota Wild, because we have NHL TV, so I can't watch the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I pick a girlfriend team and I watch them. In the past like three years, it's been the Minnesota Wild. Uh, and I'm a little mad that they fired their coach. Oh, Mike Yell. Yeah, I. It wasn't his fault that that team is awful. It's the structure of the team. They don't have any good number one centers to score points, and Thomas Vanek is terrible. Thank Brise. Uh, he hadn't scored a goal in like a month. He's not a center either, right? Yeah, he's a wing. Oh, he is. Yeah. I saw he's center. No, they have um, Mikhail Granlin, Charlie Coyle. No. He's up and coming. The top centers are Mika Koivu and Koivu. Mikhail Greenland. Koivu. That's what I was thinking uh, of. But the problem with the team is actually they don't have a good center. Mikhail Greenland, I don't think, has lived up to the amount of points he's supposed to get. I think he was supposed to be the number one center, but he really, like, I don't know. They don't have a big point player on that team. Um so in their aging players like Vanek suck, uh, Parise and Suter kind of like gave up a little bit on the team. That's the vibe I'm getting from people close to the team that the veterans sort of gave up while the young guys like kind of played hard mm-hmm. and whatnot. And they went on that really bad run. And Mike Yo got tossed because they have the goaltending now, so like nothing was saving them. Yeah, uh, like Dubnik saved him last year. So I'm a little mad at them. So I've been watching a lot of the Edmonton Oilers because of Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. God, he's so good. Yeah. In my opinion, I don't think any of the rookies compare to yeah. him and like skill level. He did have a five point night what, a couple weeks yeah. ago. Like I, ago. I think Eichel is the closest thing there is, but I still don't think it's any really close with any of the other right. rookies. So what? Panarin? He's twenty four, like He's a rookie. He's 24, plays with Patrick Kane, played in the KHL. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I agree that Connor McDavid is the better player, but... What I'm saying is Panarin has had a better rookie year. I'm just saying that McDavid would have better stats if he had played the full year. Yeah, he missed, what, two months, three months? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he still might catch up, which is crazy. Yeah, like, because Edmonton can score at will, basically, um, yeah. if they choose to. It's just their defense... Is so bad right now because Clef Bomb's hurt and like nurse. Oh, oh Clef Bomb is their best defenseman. He's gonna. He's really good. Is he good? I don't yeah, know. He actually, he actually is pretty good. And but the problem is they have a lot of younger defensemen like Nurse who's like developing, um, and he's not used to playing eighty-two games. So like he's been like hitting the wall and whatnot. Uh, and Andre Sakara, Sakara, whatever his name is, it changes every time I listen to an Edmonton broadcast. Um, is their number one defenseman right now. Mm. 
So, like, they don't really have a good defensive core, uh, which sucks. But I think they haven't in a long time either. They, they, and you know, in this, I'm kind of hoping they get like the fourth or fifth pick in the draft, so they're forced to draft uh, Jacob Chikrin, who is the best defensive prospect in the draft. Because you know, if they get one through three, they're going to draft like Matthews, Matthews Patrick Kleine, yeah. uh, Jesse Poliarve. That's what's going to happen, and they don't need those players. No, they don't. They've been drafting offensive players first overall for seven Ever. years exactly and then they don't trade them yeah no it's it's one thing to get you know the best player available in a spot and then you know trade them away for what you need mm-hmm. yeah but they, they don't trade them yeah what i actually what i think is gonna happen is that uh they're gonna go after either hamannick or a Minnesota defense, and I actually think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to get traded to Minnesota for somebody like, I don't know, Brodeen, maybe. Brodeen and another player. Because mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is actually the odd man out because Dreisaitl and McDavid are so good on the team, mm-hmm. which I kind of feel bad for uh, Nugent Hopkins, but I think he is going to be the one that gets traded. Mm-hmm. But that might be better for him because then he'll go to a team that's going to might win more. Right. But okay. other than that, the I'm I want to be able to watch the Rangers more, but I can't. It kind of sucks. The only time I get to watch them is when I uh, find something on on Reddit to watch them. YouTube, YouTube. I've yeah. had to, I've had to use that uh, when the NHL app was being crap. Um, oh, when they first God. updated it, I needed to watch a few games on YouTube. It's better now, but who whose idea was it to do it mid season? I don't know. No. What like? What were they thinking? Yeah, it's it's gotten better at least. At least usually it would, they would have waited until the season was over to update it, but yeah, it's better. Uh, Dan Nashville, Yo. how have they been? Not very good. You think uh, hit or miss? You think Hutton should be playing more? I don't know. He's they. I don't know. It's like they play better when he's playing. Like they're a little more um, defensively aware. Yeah, I guess. Um, but I don't know. They they need to get better goaltending in order to. They've been able to score, but they yeah. they give up too many goals. So I don't know. Because I I mean I check their scores and like they outshoot the other team almost like every game. Oh yeah. But like I don't know what's going on with Rene or the defense or whatever is going on. Rene's given up some softies in the past. Yeah. They've been able to rely on him to make some crazy saves, but he's given up some softies this year. Is Ryan Johansson the best center to ever play for the Nashville Predators? Oh, yeah. yeah. Easily. He's he's really good. He fits can in really be- well. Can you believe Tortorella kept benching him? Oh, my God. Uh, he's not <laughs> He's not a Tortorella player. No. Because, you know, sometimes... He's a pretty boy. That, and sometimes you'll see him, like, kind of slowly lollygagging over the bench. Cake eater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like that. But a lot of people say with him that he's such a big guy that it's hard to tell if he's hustling or not because yeah. like big players don't move that smoothly on the ice. Yeah, so, I mean, like, maybe he, he hustles if there's like even even coming back to play defense, like he'll hustle. It's just sometimes you know, like I said, uh, going off for a line change, he'll just kind of kind of glide over to the bench and stuff. Like it's not yeah. like it's not a laviolette. A nitpicky issue like it would be for Tortorella you know yeah um, tell him that he's 
fat and out of shape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Johansson was a, was a healthy scratch for games in Columbus, and uh, with Nashville, he's been a point per game player, which is pretty good because we haven't had yeah. a point per game player in a, in a while. So, yeah, he's because does he play on a line with Forsberg? No, he's been playing with James Neal and uh, Yarn Croak. Okay. James Neal is the, the the sniper, and then Yarn Croak is like the the hardworking guy. Yeah, he's the hardworking like corner guy and forechecker, and although James Neal does pretty well in the forecheck too. Yeah, so. uh, does that mean Ribeiro's centering the Forsberg and they they mix up the lines pretty frequently? Um, mm-hmm. I think Forsberg, Ribeiro, and Smith are on the second okay. line right now. Um, <laughs> Nashville should be so good. Yeah, and then uh, Fisher. Colin Wilson and um, uh, I think they have Salamaki on the third line. Mm-hmm. So the, the Salamaki, the guy that ruined Dennis Weidman's career. <laughs> yeah, is he the one that hit Weidman? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you, I, you did know you what? See I, what did I, you see I, what Weidman said. Yeah, I I had heard a little bit about it, and I I I, I never saw it until I think last night or the night before I saw the hit. Yeah. Um, on the ref, uh, you know, he said like, I, I just was skating back to the bench, not paying attention. But then I watched the video I was like, oh no, he knew exactly what he was doing. He clobbered yeah. the ref from behind and he deserves to be suspended for 20 games for that. He's lucky he got only 20. Yeah. Games. Yeah. No, you're right. Cause he put him in the hospital yeah. and then had the nerve to say, the only reason I'm in this position is because of the stupid Stu- media and stupid refs. Yeah. No, he cross checked like, the ref right in the back as he was skating back to the bench. I don't know I, why. He he had claimed he was he was he had a concussion and he wasn't like right, but I don't know if I buy that. But the Calgary Flames played him yeah. the rest of the game. Like that is such a bad situation. It goes beyond like uh, abuse of a ref at that point yeah. because then was, like the concuss- concussion issue with the lawsuit, like that's just going to be more fodder to them. Yeah. No, it was In, bad. Like, after the text message, I don't know how he doesn't get less than 20 games. Like, why? Because if he just took the suspension and went with it, he would be, like, a third of the way through it right now. Right. But instead, like, he's fighting it and going to arbitration, and it's going to get dragged out longer and longer. Yeah. That's more and more games. He's not there for his team and so on and so forth. Yeah. No, he definitely deserves suspension, though. Yeah. It was bad. Uh, one more hockey-related thing that I saw mm-hmm. that was kind of funny. Do you guys remember the Flint Firebirds in the OHL? They fired their coach and the players walked out or whatever on the team. Uh, and then they reinstated the coach and everything like that. No. I mean, I heard a little bit about it. What happened was is the owner of the Flint Firebirds b- bought the Plymouth Whalers, moved him to Flint, and had his son play the game. Mm-hmm. And then on the OHL, so the coach wasn't playing him. So the coach fire, or the owner fired the coaching staff and everybody. And the players walked out on the team mm-hmm. uh, and put their jerseys in ownership, so they rehired them. But the other day, they fired them again, <laughs> the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So the OHL had to step in and remove the owner and take over the team because really? it's so bad. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Bad times over there in Flint. Yeah. Flint, Michigan? Yeah. It's the water. I didn't know they had a team. Is that a new team? They were the Plymouth Whalers. Oh, okay. I don't know if you remember the Plymouth Whalers. Sure. Um, but, yeah, they got moved for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I'm new to the junior hockey thing. Yeah. So, like, I don't I, know. I know a lot of the teams, but I had never heard of that, of that team. But that's because they were Plymouth, so. 
they play the game like, is it a small town in Canada or a random adjective? Right. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's pretty good. Like red deer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, moose, I got I got jaw. nothing else. Just doing yeah, moose jaw exactly. Saginaw, moose knuckle. <laughs> Uh, that's it for me, though, Dan. Okay. What do you got, Corey? Uh, not much. I worked two 16-hour days this week. Uh, which is overtime? Ab- abnormal for me. Yeah, yeah, overtime. Uh, f- filling in for a co-worker who called out uh, for the 3 to 11 shift, so I worked 7 to 11 Ugh. on Monday and Wednesday. Good Lord. But it's okay. You know, it's, uh, it's money. It's money. overtime pay, time and a half. Uh, can't you. really argue about that. I was a little worn out, and uh, both those days we had snow, so the last couple hours of my shift was snow Troubling. removal Whoa. from 9 to 11 p.m. <laughs> but it was kind of nice, and I uh, I went through a little bit of a phase. So you know how they say uh, being poor is very expensive? Yeah. And one of the things is, is, is when you're poor, you can't afford to buy things that last. So you buy cheap things, yeah. and then they break, and then you have to replace right, them. Yeah. That's a good point. And it's just this vicious cycle. Uh, so I did a bunch of research online. My, my work boots are actually hiking boots, light hiking boots. Um, my favorite kind of boot because the type of groundswork that I do, it's much better to have like a hiking uh, light hiking boot than it is an yeah. actual work boot with like a steel toe and all that. Well, so I've always doing, bought, if you're doing a lot of walking, it only right. makes sense to have hiking boots, which I do yeah. uh, not necessarily in the winter. Cause I'm inside now and doing maintenance and stuff. But uh, I was trying to hold out till spring to buy a new pair of boots. Cause mine got the old floppy sole, mm-hmm. you know, the sole separates from the actual boot and you got, flappy tongues on the front going up and down yep. and I actually super glued them with power grab a couple weeks ago but uh, just started coming off again so i knew i needed new boots and i did a little research and it turns out if you want a good pair of boots what you need to look for is something called a norwegian welt and what that is is the sole of the boot actually sticks out from the front and the back of the boot, and you can see it's double-stitched. Oh, okay. As opposed to a lot of the boots you see and that people buy are just even with the boot, and yeah. they're glued on. Yeah. That's all it is. So if you want a really good boot, look for a Norwegian welt, and you can tell by the double-stitching mm-hmm. around the, the sole uh, that connects it to the boot. So I did a bunch of research, and I, I, I looked up boots, and uh, Danner, I guess, is a really good boot brand. And they had a hiking boot that was still relatively inexpensive. It was $160. But it had a, a good Norwegian welt. I mean, if they're going to last you a while, it's worth it to spend the money on something And like that's that. my thought. Because yeah. typically, these light hiking boots last me one year. Right. Uh, and we, when we were working on, work on the golf course and stuff, that's an average of wh- how many miles did I put in those boots every day on average. Yeah. So many. Probably six. Six, seven. Every day. So um, to get one year out of those and then have the little flappy tongues on the front. I ruined so many pairs of shoes working there. Yep. Right. Holy crap. So even if I spent uh, the last pair of hiking boots I got were Merrill. I forget the name. 
Merrill actually has a good Norwegian welt boot. If if you like Merrill, they're a pretty popular brand. Get the Merrill Wilderness mm-hmm. boot. It's a really good boot. It's like $400, but from what I hear, it's one of the last quote-unquote classic boots hmm. uh, by a popular brand out there. But yeah, I found this brand called Danner that makes good boots and uh, spent $160, which is like $60 than I spent on my last pair. And if I get two years out of it, then I've saved money. Yeah. So we'll see. But also, I bought myself a pair of darn tough socks. You ever heard of darn tough socks? You're no, smudging on yourself. <clears throat> $11 for one pair of socks, but they're guaranteed for life. Really? Guaranteed for life. Wow. Yes. So you just wash them every day? Yeah, you wear them, wash them, and uh, once they start to wear, you can send them back, and they'll ship you a new pair. That's fantastic. Wow. But a lot of people said, well, you know, once you spend the money to ship them back and all that stuff, but it's like, well, no, it's more than that because it's a really high-quality sock, so it's super comfortable. Um, And even if you get, like, 10 years out of it and it starts to wear, you can send it back. Yeah. And it's just, what's like, $2 in shipping to get it back and then get a new pair. And you buy, say you buy, like, four pairs at once. And ship them all back at once and get a whole new set for two dollars. Like yeah. you really can't beat it. No, that's but awesome. It's, yeah, it's this. I was reading about it. It's this uh, brand out of Vermont, and every November they do like a festival in the town uh, at the the sock factory, and you can go and get like these pairs of you know ten to twenty dollar pair of socks for like two fifty to five dollars. Mm-hmm. You should make the trip. That's why I told my girlfriend, I'm like, we should we should go to this sock festival. You said Vermont. it's in Vermont? Yeah. That's probably not that far of a drive for you. Not that far. Five it's, hours. It's six hours from here where I live. Vermont? Yeah. So yeah. I mean I don't I don't know where in Vermont it is. It's a relatively small state, but mm-hmm. yeah. So that was my week, really. I mean, just doing some research and uh I, I spent a lot of time on the buy it for life subreddit. <laughs> Nice. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. It's it's funny because uh, I don't even know what I was reading, but <clears throat> I think it was an article on Lifehacker about like financial health or something like that. And everyone, you know, if someone a commenter said something like, "Yeah, everyone says like uh, more money, more problems, but it's not like being poor is some sort of nirvana." You know? No. No. <laughs> I would say not having money is more stressful than having too much money. Well, what I always say is money doesn't lot of buy money. happiness, but it sure shoes away misery. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, being poor sucks. Yeah. But try to break that cycle a little bit by buying a good pair of boots and a good pair of socks. That's why anything I buy that's over like $20, I spend a decent amount of time researching because yeah. I like, you know, uh, I like to get a decent bang for my buck. You know, even if I'm not necessarily getting the best quality thing, I like to get value for my money. And sure, uh, yeah. even like uh, when I was look when I was ruining all those pairs of expensive earbuds, like I found a gem in six dollar earbuds that, you know, I still have two pairs of because they're so freaking sturdy and the sound quality is good for six or seven bucks. You know, yep. Research. If you're gonna buy anything, research. Vote with your dollar. That's what we're about here on the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. That's right. That's right. It's important. Don't, but anyway. Don't buy, don't buy crap. No. No. So. Okay. Cool. That it, Corey? That's it. All right. Shall we get into what we played? 
Yeah, but I got to use the little boys' room quick. You got to tinkle first? Yeah. I kind of do, too. Okay. Well, we can take a quick break. Okay. All right. We'll take a quick break and be right back with what we played in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 239 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in what we played. Uh, Corey, we'll we'll start with you. What did you, hey. you play this week? I played Kerbal Space Program. Mm-hmm. And the Elder Scrolls Online, which I haven't played since the beta. Oh yeah, that was the last time I played it too. Would you guys like me to start with one of the one or the other? Let's hear about Elder Scrolls first. I want to hear your thoughts on that. So my uh, initial thoughts on the Elder Scrolls Online was, oh my gosh, how boring! I'm tired. I'm going to shut this off. <laughs> but then I played again the next day, um, and it kind of felt like like a bad Elder Scrolls game because the way they present it to you is at least early on in the game. I don't feel like I need to play it as a a massively multiplayer online game. It sort of plays. You can play it as a single player game if you want. Uh It seems like there is plenty of content to play that game and level up your character all the way. Uh, just by doing the single-player content. And it's all voice-acted. I actually love that about it. Right. Uh, it's all voice-acted. It's all it, Like I said, it's, it plays like a bad Elder Scrolls game. But in a time between Skyrim, which came out four years ago, right? Coming up on four years? Yeah. Yeah, about, 2012 or 11? Something like that. 11. In the next uh, Elder Scrolls game, which could be who knows when, maybe next year. Uh, I don't think it's going to come as early as this year. Um, It kind of fills that void a little bit. Yeah. Just enough. Because it has all the the flourishes of an Elder Scrolls game. The the nice vistas and the the Mm -hmm. music is really good. and, And the voice acting is good enough. And the writing is good enough. And uh, you're just kind of doing... Corey, I don't... No, I don't know if you remember me talking about this, but my favorite thing from the Elder Scrolls Online was, uh, at least visually, was when your character is going through your inventory, it shows your character, like, rifling through a backpack. And if you're looking at a map, it shows him looking at a map. Yeah. Like, that's genius, because you can, if you're in a party with other people, you can see when they're... Yep. For 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 team um, cohesion, like that's a really good thing to have. You can see when someone's like digging through their inventory, or looking in a map, or whatever. Like I love that about yeah. the game. That was my yeah, favorite it, thing about it. It's interesting you say that too, because I I have yet to join a party or even talk to anybody. I've see, just been doing single player stuff. I love that. I'm one of those people that complains about not having enough solo content in MMORPGs and online games. So I would be perfectly okay with playing it by myself for. Yeah, fifty levels and or whatever. I actually went to a uh, a dungeon, which I got a little notification that said, you know, this is this zone is best played with a party. However, you don't need to be in a party to do it. So it kind of made me think, like, oh, can you just like show up at this place and whoever's in this dungeon, you kind of just work together without actually being in a party. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I gather from it. My character, his name is Father Barrer. Barrer's uh, a mm-hmm. character, uh, long-standing role-playing game character name that I use, mm-hmm. um, and I made him an orc, and he's this this 
he looks like Jesus in an orc version. <laughs> Jesus orc. And he's a cleric. What's the healer? Cleric? I can't think of the name of the class now. Yeah, I don't remember. But anyway, I started off in Daggerfall. Uh, and I did the little tutorial thing that was part of the beta. However, I think the actual release version of that little tutorial is much different from the beta because I don't remember too much of it. Little bits and pieces here and there. Um, but yeah, I got uh, I start in Daggerfall, the city of Daggerfall. And I'm still trying to figure out the geography of, of where I am. Because um, I know Tamriel is the continent that all of Elder Scrolls has been based so far. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes place in the world of Nern. That's like Earth. Nern is the name of the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, are you sure it's are you sure it's Nern? 90 See cuz the sea of Nern is in uh Elder Scrolls. Maybe or not Nern. not Elder Scrolls, god damn it. Lord of the Rings. Nern. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's uh homage, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I just uh, did totally single player stuff. The quests are are all fully realized. You know, you're doing, you're walking around, you're escorting people, you're you're doing Elder Scrollsy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, the, it's the planet of Nim. 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 N I M. Yeah. Really? Are you sure? It is located on the planet of Nim. You're not reading it as Nern. N I R N. N-I-M, which is the mortal realm of the finite impartial as opposed to the immortal realm. I don't know what any of this means, but it yeah. says N-I-M. Okay. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, and, and, and it also scratches that Elder Scrolls itch because there, you know, you can come across boxes and treasure chests that are just out in the wild, and you open them up and take the loot that's inside of it, which is very not an MMORPG thing to do. At least the ones I've played, you know, Guild Wars 2 and all that other stuff. There's not just random loot sitting all over that you can open up and take. Right. Uh, you have to win it or harvest it. Yeah. They're in sp- chests are in specific locations. Right. Uh, but the biggest thing I wanted to talk about, and this goes back a little bit to our Fallout conversation, I was doing this quest where I had to unearth... Uh, some rebels who were going to uh, try to assassinate the king, and they were being smuggled on ships in the harbor, the Daggerfall Harbor. Um, And once I finished that quest, I saw a random fisherman at the end of the dock. And I was like, oh, let's just see what this person has to say, because everybody has something relatively interesting to say. Uh, So I went and talked to him, and he's like, hey, man, that thing across the way, I don't know, you see that cave, there's some weird stuff going on over there. And I'm like, alright, I'll go and jump in the water and swim over to this cave and see what's going on. Uh, So I did, and I discovered this place called Bad Man's Hollows, and there was a bunch of uh, Bretons in there, and they were having what they called a harvest festival. Um, And it was in this large kind of, uh, what's the best way to describe it, like it's uh there was a like a network of caves but it was in like a courtyard of the caves there's a word for that i just can't think of the name of it uh, like, with, like antechamber or something like that like yeah kind of but it was like open and you yeah. could see the sky and there were green trees and grass and flowers and it was really pretty uh, and all these bretons were having this weird little festival and all i kept thinking in the back of my head was the uh woodland critters 
Woodland Critter Christmas. South Park. Jesus. Um, but it turns out I wasn't that far off because they had me do these things to celebrate this festival to the bad man, they called it. Um, and I ended up getting transported to these caves. Come to find out they were actually doing like a Daedric worshipping something or other, uh, which is fascinating cool. to me. Yeah. And I was in these caves and I had to kill these things and like I was doing all this kind of stuff. That was the dungeon I was talking about that you mm-hmm. had said was best played with more people. Uh, I didn't have anybody with me. And there was a couple people running around the caves, but nobody would really interact with me enough to like work together to get through them. Mm-hmm. So I ended up backing out. But I was thinking to myself, like, what a great thing to just kind of discover. And it all happened because I just talked to a random NPC on the end of a dock. Yeah. And in doing so, I found this thing that I never would have found otherwise. And it mm-hmm. made me feel rewarded for my you Curiosity. know willingness to interact and and explore a little bit mm-hmm. makes me want to play it you talking about this you have yeah. it don't you will i do have it yeah i actually use the eric gave us uh steam gift cards mm-hmm. for as a gift mm-hmm. to his his bachelor along man. along with awesome game boy themed flasks which we That's forgot right. to talk about last week we did forget to talk about those that are if i had mine down here i would show it but yeah mine's somewhere i think i i think i put it in the cupboard but but yeah i used his uh twenty dollar gift card and then threw ten dollars of my own cheddar on top of it to play elder scrolls online no monthly fee right no monthly fee right now and i think there's an expansion coming out okay there is yeah But right away, you know, in Daggerfall, I joined the Fighters Guild. I joined the Mages Guild, and uh, I forget the name of it, but it's like a boxing guild. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's great. I play it with a controller. Uh, it's all active. You know, there's no cooldown timers that you're watching or anything. It it feels like I said, and it sounds bad when I say a bad Elder Scrolls game, but like it's enough of an Elder Scrolls game mm-hmm. to scratch that itch right now. Nice. I'm kind of enjoying it. Good. I don't know. It's it's fun. Glad you like it. So definitely, uh, Will. If you have, did do you have it? Did we I do? That? Yeah. Did you play? Didn't you say our E3 yeah. correspondent has it too, John? Maybe. I thought you said that. That's why you got it. it was because he had it too. Or that's was, no, or was, why I was it? the division. Oh, the division. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I must have gotten most confused. I'll play. Yeah, let's play, man. I'm only level six. You can get that in a couple hours. I'm nine, so. Oh, <laughs> all right. Close, yeah. Not that different. A couple hours to catch up. Yeah. I'm um, a dark elf. I don't know if that matters at all. Well, it depends. On, I think it depends on which faction you chose. I think I chose the Alderi Dominion. I think I'm... I don't know. I'll download uh, the the update and check. Yeah. Makes me want to listen to the Elder Lore podcast again. That's good stuff. Good stuff. The, the, yeah. yeah. But they 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 definitely, uh, if you're an Elder Scrolls fan going into the Elder Scrolls online, they don't waste any time re-interest, reintroducing you to all those elements you love about the Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the first quests I did was into uh, Dwemer uh, Ruins. Like all that stuff, it's all it's all in there. So nice, yeah. It, it it I think I gave it a short short end of the stick when I talked about it when I played it last year. I think 
it's it's hard to explain, but like I think it it's a solid Elder Scrolls game just set in an MMO thing, an MMO like world. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I have yet to see how the actual online, like multiplayer online components yeah. play out. I, I just don't know. I know Cyrodiil is like the PvP area. Okay. So you like only do that through PvP. And I think there's like a world versus world kind of thing too. Yep. Like Guild Wars. So I don't know. But like I said, that's why I just keep saying it's it's a bad Elder Scrolls game, but that's fine mm-hmm. for me right now. That's good enough. I also played Kerbal Space Program, which if you do not know what Kerbal Space Program is, it's a like a uh, like a NASA sim. Yeah, rocket building sim. Word. Yeah, rocket building sim. And you play as the, what are they called, Kerbals? I don't know what the race is called. Yeah. And you exist on the planet of Kerbin, and you run their space program, essentially. And you pick up contracts to do certain things. Uh, orbit such and such area, you know, build a rocket that goes this high, test out this module, uh, all that kind of stuff. And you earn like science points to do research and discover new parts to build for your rockets. Uh, you manage the astronauts, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a lot at first. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those games you can just turn on and go. You have to do at least the. I think I did the first five tutorials, uh, which got me to the point where I am doing orbiting stuff, which is if if uh, the first part of the game is one to nine, the orbiting stuff is like a hundred. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, wow. Like getting out of Earth's or Kerbin's atmosphere is a cakewalk compared to figuring Staying out how orbit. to adjust your orbit to get where you need to go uh-huh. when you're orbiting the planet. It's like, it's it's so unfamiliar to those of us who have never been outside of Earth's atmosphere because it's like, oh, you need to point your ship in prograde. Oh, nope, now you need to point it in retrograde and fire the boosters a little bit and just adjust yourself just a smidge. And they do give you a little bit of tools to help with that side of it, but it's it's a lot and there's actually a whole website devoted to uh, punching in where you want to go because it's not you can explore beyond the, yeah. the home planet in that game. You can explore. It's like our own solar system. It's a spoof on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can explore other planets and moons and stuff like that. Um, but the very first ship I built was uh, hard fuel, which means you can't control the boosters. It's just on or off, and uh, I had that. Uh, the the fuel pack, the command module, and a parachute. But I wasn't sure how everything was constructed. So as soon as I took off, the parachute deployed. <laughs> so so the, the rockets were f- firing onto the parachute, and the parachute was giving me all this drag. So I didn't go that far, and then I just started spinning like crazy <laughs> in, the, in the sky. <laughs> and... Uh, Fortunately, the fuel burned out, and the uh, command module adjusted itself, and the parachute hadn't fallen off, thank God. And uh, I safely landed back relatively close to the launch pad. Nice. And, uh, my one astronaut I put on the ship survived, so God bless him. That's good. Did you name him? I don't know if you can name them. I really can you don't. Na- name him Austin. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> I'll name them all my favorite people. Chris. Austin and Chris. <laughs> but the, what was the other thing I had to do? I've heard it's very scientific. I guess, like, I, I was actually, I don't want to say disappointed, because I had fun with it, mm-hmm. just doing the early stuff. But like I said, once I got, it's really easy to get yourself out of Earth's atmosphere and, right. you know, kind of orbiting. Uh, but it's really hard to get yourself in a, a free fall that doesn't re-enter you into the atmosphere. Um, and once you get to that point, to adjust yourself to get to a certain point. Like right now I have a contract that says, oh, go and do a study at these coordinates. And it's so hard to get to where you need to get on the map when you're orbiting the planet. Yeah, uh, It's just, I don't know if it's like, if I need to do more math or something, it's it's really difficult. But uh, yeah, I'm at the point now where I have like different stages. So I'll like launch, I'll burn off a fuel booster, and then I'll decouple it, and it'll fall, and then I'll keep going, and then I finally get into Earth's atmosphere, and I have a little bit of fuel left that I can use to jet myself here and there. Um, but it's 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 really good for like space nerds. It's a good learning game, right? Yeah, it's it, it's really rewarding because it is the difficulty curve is so high. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are willing to put the time into it, I think it's worth it. It is really rough around the edges, though. The user interface isn't great. Uh, the like I said, the tutorial stuff is kind of a slog, but it's necessary, right? But uh, you can have a lot of fun with it. I kind of hoped it was a little bit harder at you, harder on you at first. Because right away they give you the parts to get you out of them, they get you into space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was kind of hoping it'd be like, okay, here's a balloon and some super glue, you know? <laughs> yeah, figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's a little bit easier than that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a I had a good time. I've I've killed many astronaut. <laughs> it's one of those games too where people build really neat things. Right. Uh, and do really neat things with the game. Uh, There's a lot of mods for it, too. Yeah. So it's it's one of those games where you could do a search for, like, you know, uh, most impressive Kerbal Space Program creation or whatever, and you'll come up with really neat things on YouTube. Occasionally I'll see it pop up on, you know, the the big gaming sites as some, some weird thing someone built in Kerbal Space Program. Mm-hmm. It's really nice once you get out of uh, the Kerbin's atmosphere too, because mm-hmm. it plays some some haunty space music. Nice. Some what does Gabe play? Will soundscapes in the office? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it plays is. Plays some soundscapes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any else, Corey? Uh, oh, I played a ton of Rocket League, a ton, and I still haven't ranked up. Been winning a lot too. So I don't know what's going on with that. Okay. But uh, just, yeah, Rocket League and Hearthstone always, every week, all the time. Sounds good. That's it. All right. Excuse me. Um, I'll go next. I'll start with XCOM 2. Did you beat it, Dan? Uh, no, I did not. Uh, I played a ton. A ton. I think I'm over 50 hours wow. uh, into XCOM 2 so far. Some of that is idle time, but I would say I probably have a good 45 hours of actual play time 
definitely a love-hate relationship with XCOM 2. Mostly love, but the hatred is there too. So I was kind of getting to the point where I felt like I needed to uh, progress the story. So I, I kind of was just farting around for the longest time. I had, I kept having squads like of people get injured too. So I never wanted to progress in the story and get to a hard story mission and not have my, my best squad available. So I, I, I'm in the final group of missions, I believe. Uh, and one of the, the, the mission I'm on right now, I can only take four people for whatever reason. Uh, even though my max squad size is obviously six. Um, and that's, you know, that's difficult enough, you know, only having four people. Uh, but the, the game started to slow down to the point where every turn I took with every soldier was the length of the loading screen after Ugh. missions. Uh, and it was like that for maybe an hour or two. Uh, and then I got to a point where I can't end my turn anymore. Wow. It just won't do anything so you know what happened what it's pressing that caps lock button that i've i've heard that but that causes crashes uh. apparently not uh not locking up and i i did some searching around on the interwebs and other people are having the same problem they say you can go back and reload the mission and start start over from the beginning oh of course yeah that's fine right exactly like i had spent probably two hours on this one yeah. mission uh, doing a lot of difficult things and having my squad be relatively well off. Uh, so I'm not going to start over. My my time with XCOM is done for now until they do the patching. Uh, and then I'll continue my, my playthrough. But um, it love-hate, that's the best way I can describe it because there's a lot of things that are awesome about it, uh, but the performance stuff is just ugh, Her- aggravating. Her- yeah, it's aggravating, and like I can even do with the frame rate drops, but the, like I said, I, it got to a point where every turn my character would take, it would be like a two-minute wait before I could move on to the next character to have their moves, um, and now I'm just, like, stuck, like, nothing happens. I left the game on for ten minutes uh, trying to end my turn, and it just won't do anything, so. Um, so that was frustrating because I wanted to have that beaten, uh, but it's just going to have to wait now. But and what? Give up, give up the beat. I'm not going to give it up. I'll, I'll beat it once they once they patch it and fix it. So, um, it's your turn to win the beaten games, Dan. So, <laughs> worst case scenario, like I'll yeah, I I'm will not, start that mission over again. I'm not beating any games this year. I've decided. You're just gonna get to the final battle or whatever and give up. Yeah. Seen all I need to see. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done here. Um, but what that did do is it gave me an opportunity to play Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, which I absolutely love. It's a fantastic game. Isn't um, it a great game? It is a great game. I, I like that there's a lot – there seems to be a lot more story in this one than in the the original Tomb Raider reboot, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good. I, I think one of the things I like about it too is I'm a lot more familiar with the history in this game, because it's a you know it's set in the Siberian wilderness, uh, so they talk about like the Mongol invasions and the Byzantine Empire and all that stuff. It's a lot more familiar to me than the the they talked about um, in the first Tomb Raider, not the first Tomb Raider, but 2013 Tomb Raider, 
Um, it was all like really ancient Japanese history, which I'm not as familiar with. Um, oh so, yeah, because so, of the location, right? Yeah, and it wasn't just like it wasn't even like feudal Japan. It it was uh, like three thousand years ago Japan, which none of that history is even remotely familiar to me. So, oh, uh, like it, the history of Dynasty Warriors. I think it's even earlier than that. That I think oh, we're talking three thousand years ago. Oh, so I, oh, all the way back to the Tokugawa shogunate. No, that's uh, no, it's predates the shogunates by a long. By a long time, okay. yeah. Um, so that's cool. Uh, it's a, it's a great game. Uh, I'm trying to do everything, get all the collectibles, all the upgrades, level up Lara Croft the the entire way. Um, but I also I, I don't I forgot to talk about this during my week, but I got a new pair of headphones because my dog had chewed up my other ones. I had left them on the floor and Oof. yeah. I, I didn't I didn't well that's fine I didn't see him doing it so I couldn't punish him because you know it makes no sense to them if you punish them later so I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't reprimand him for chewing on my headphones so I got a new pair it's a inexpensive USB headset it was thirty five it's the same brand as my old one it was uh, Senti um, but this one came with a vibration feature so like when there's an explosion uh, it it vibrates a little bit in your ears which makes it, like, makes you feel the actual, like, explosion. So the part I'm in in Rise of the Tomb Raider, there's been a lot of fighting, a lot of explosions, a lot of gunfire, and it all, like, I could feel it in my headphones, and it really, like, it's really immersive. I didn't even know what that feature was when I ordered the headset. I just wanted to get, like, a decent mid-range, low to mid-range USB headset. Um, And I turned on the vibration feature, and I was like, hey, this is pretty, pretty awesome. Nice. So, rumble pack. Yeah, kinda, kinda. Yeah, you think one of those things that you think is dumb until you like actually experience it. It's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I think I'm about twenty hours into Rise of the Tomb Oof. Raider. Is that long? Uh, yeah, but I'm. I'm. As I said, I'm trying to collect everything, so I'm yeah. spending a lot of time just searching around and slaughtering innocent woodland creatures for pelts and stuff. So. For crafting, but yeah, I love that game. It's really good. Um, uh, how does it look, Dan, on the computer? Looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where looks are amazing. you in the story? Are you past the snow area stuff? I just got to the cathedral. Okay. How close am I to the end? Um, the cathedral is in. Are you like? Is there like? We just spirit, had the battle. Spirit stuff. Uh, I haven't come across any spirits yet. We just had the big battle with Trinity. Oh, okay. So, like, the, the people of that area battled, fought off Trinity, basically. Yeah, yep. Uh, you're probably uh, three-fourths, probably, I would say. Oh, okay. That's a little closer Around. than I thought. Yeah, but as I said, I'm trying to do all the collectibles and whatnot, so. I should have it beaten by next week, because I want to I wanna try and finish off Dragon's Dogma 2 before Far Cry primal comes out we'll see if that happens but that's all i played so go ahead will uh i played uh some skyrim i wanted to play or get back to what i was playing but when i played i do you know in dawn guard uh the when you're in soul karen with serana to find your mother 
actually never played Dawn Guard. I don't really? know that I, I don't know that I played any of the expansions for Skyrim. Um so what happens with that is do you know sort any of the story of the Dawn Guard, Dan? Mm mm. That's the the vampire one, right? Yeah. What happens is in the very beginning you join the Dawn Guard and you go into some like dungeon and you find Serana, who is the daughter of the vampire lord or whatever. And you take her back to the castle and whatnot and meet the vampires and blah, 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 blah. So basically you find out that the vampires are trying to corrupt the world to make it so it's always dark out so they can be out without uh, the light affecting them. Uh, so you go into this place called Soul Karen, which is where Serana's mother is, and that's where like spirits are and whatever. And that's like the spirit realm. And what happens is you can either become a vampire and go in there and have like uh, no damage reduction taken away, and your health like is that normal and whatnot, or you can become your soul imprisoned by a, a soul gem. And what happens is, is you do a little bit less damage and have less health, and you're weaker and whatnot. I didn't want to be a vampire, so I went in there, and I have to kill these big guardians, and there's three of them. And I don't know where Serana is in there. She was following me, but she's, like, my companion to help me, and I'm an archer, so, like, I can't, like, take on seven enemies at one time. So I just keep getting killed, and, like, I'll make a good amount of progress but forget to save, and then I'll die. And then I'll go way back, like, an hour. So, like, I got pretty frustrated with that area, so I stopped playing and went to Fallout four instead i want to get back to it but uh i might just lower the difficulty for that part just to get through it because i don't want to be stuck there yeah sure why not i don't i don't really particularly love the uh the area i like the wilderness of skyrim so i want to move back to that and do more stuff there yeah not enough snow for you i love the snow in games I don't know what it is. Yeah, you get those melty rivers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It just, and with the graphic updates and mods that I put on it, it just looks way better. You should see the movie The Revenant. Would I love it? Yeah. Good snow, no? bi- good snow biome in that. Uh, I would be all over The Revenant then. That would be my movie of the year then. Yeah. Tomb Raider does a nice job with all that stuff too because like, as you're out in it, you get covered in snow and, and ice and stuff. And then if you go in a cave or whatever, it kind of melts off you and... Exactly. It's, and it's really well done. You like you remember in the beginning of the game when you fought the bear? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. It's, Whoa. Hmm. But it's in the very beginning. It's Spoilers. <laughs> it's within the first fifteen minutes, Corey. Yeah. Now I'm gonna play it now. Okay. Well, you fight a bear. There you go. <gasps> oh no. So I I went to New Vegas. I really wanted to play like a an RPG sort of game. Jeez, uh, you to- were all over the place. <laughs> I when I get like when I have like when I'm in school and like I'm at, it's at night and I just want to play a video game I like serial play everything like I'll just play like five minutes of a bunch of different games I'm like ah, I don't want to play this right now and I just restless. do it like I it's bad so like I did an hour of Skyrim got tired of that because I kept dying and then I went to New Vegas I did the first like twenty minutes or whatever uh, I went to Fallout Four, so I stuck with Fallout Four, but like I played Black Flag and stuff like that, and the Gears Remaster. I just kind of moved along a lot to different things for like twenty minutes each. Well, you're starting to show the symptoms of somebody who starts not liking video games. <laughs> the problem is, is I want to play all of them, 
And when I'm playing something, I go, I really want to play New Vegas. And then I'll go to New Vegas, and I'm like, oh, but I have to beat Fallout 4 before the DLC comes out. Then I'll go to Fallout 4, and I'm like, well, I gotta. I really want to play Assassin's Creed. I should go play Black Flag. No, give yourself about five years, and you'll realize. <laughs> I actually hate all of the games. You hate video games. <laughs> Puzzle games are, are all right. Come on. It's Spe- a witness, really? <laughs> Speaking of, I keep saying, Corey. Freaking Tal's principle. You'll love uh, it. It's on Eric's, Corey, it's on Eric's steam. Know. Corey's too soft. He'll get sick. Yeah, I'll puke. <laughs> I do want you to play that game to the point of throwing up. Ugh, there's nothing worse than that. Especially when it's motion sickness outside of a car. Mm-hmm. It's even worse. Because you can't, like, stop it. Yeah. It's you're not, not like the car waiting. stops. Yeah. So, yeah, I played Gigantic, mm-hmm. which I'm going to really struggle talking about it because I haven't played it in two weeks, so it's a little foggy. But this is like, this is the MOBA that's on the Xbox One and PC. Am I even allowed to talk about it, Dan? Do you yeah, know? there's videos on YouTube. Okay, and there's streams and whatnot. Yeah. So what this game is is a third-person like shooter sword-slashing MOBA game, and it's de- uh, developed by... Motiga is the studio. And this is a team-based game with... You know how the other MOBAs have creeps and whatnot? Yeah. From the three games I played, there were no creeps. It was just uh, hero versus hero with, like... So the the heroes can make sort of, like... what you When you go to, like, a checkpoint area, there's them throughout the map, and, like, there's... And, like... Some, like, closer to your base and some closer to their base, and there's one in the middle. So, basically, like, the teams get the, like, checkpoints closer to your base, and then you fight over the ones in the middle, and, like, the better team prevails. What you do to defend that area, you can make, like, this sort of guardian-like creature. It's a smaller version of the main guardian. So, like, that'll help you defend that spot by, like, attacking and whatnot and providing heals to your characters and whatnot. And you can do all of that stuff with that spots and there's throughout the maps and whatnot and you basically just battle and then what happens is when you get a certain amount of like checkpoint areas or whatever your guardian goes after and attacks the other guardian the guardians are like these huge beasts that there's like one that's like a hawk sort of looking thing uh and then there was one that's like a like a snake looking you know like the mon like the summons in Final Fantasy like the long snake looking thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like that, sorta. And it'll like go up and attack your guardian and it'll pin it to the ground and it'll reveal like weak spots that you guys can pound on to try and kill it, and the object is to destroy the guardian, which is sorta of like the core. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. That's and that's cool. sort of the basis of it. It's really hard. I'm bad at it because it's really actiony, more so than it's sort of like Smite, where I don't know. Have either of you played Smite? Mm-mm. It's more because, like in Heroes or whatnot, it's just like you auto attack. But like in this, like if you have a sword, you can just use your auto attack and swing your sword as much as you want, which is kind of how it is in Smite. Instead of it like. You swing and then take a second, like a normal MMO, and then you swing again and do damage. It's not like that. It's way more, way more actiony. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really hard. I got destroyed online. I think I went like two and ten, which is frustrating because I don't like being bad at things. Yeah, hey, but that's not bad. Yeah, two and ten isn't great. 
but it's a lot of fun. Uh, I want to play more of it, but with all the games that are coming out, it's just probably won't happen. That's how I was too, because I got invited into the beta, but I was like, mm-hmm. do I want to play that or should I play more XCOM or Tomb Raider or Dragon's Dogma? Exactly. And this isn't like the MOBA genre isn't something that's easy for you to like jump into right. and like, I don't know. When like it, you can go play an XCOM or right. a Tomb Raider. When, and when it comes out, progress. I'll play it. But so, yeah, like you can't, it's not something you can just jump into and be like, ah, like I'll play one round of this and do well and feel good about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's like better to play like an RPG or something. Mm hmm. Uh, other than that, I don't think I played anything of note. I'm probably forgetting something. Okay. Sounds good. All right, shall we get into feedback? Sure. Sure. Corey, you wanna you wanna compile feedback? Sure. Tito in LA says, concerning the question, what kind of stats you'd like to see for your life? Oh yeah. And I asked some coworkers number nice. of times I came into contact with or contracted cancer. Oh. That's interesting. That, that is interesting. interesting. How many times I could have stopped a crime nearby? That's interesting. That's probably probably a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. 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 Within, you know, being within like 50 yards or whatever of a crime happening that you could have prevented. Yeah. How many enemies I made? Oh man, I wouldn't even want to know that. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Could think it I show would. me who they are? Yeah, probably. Can... Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd like to know that. I wouldn't want to know who secretly hated me, who I thought like liked me. Yeah, yeah like who considers me an asshole? Like Eric secretly hates all of us. <laughs> <laughs> How many enemies slain? What does that mean? How many? <laughs> How many I haven't people? slain anyone, as far as I know. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe you don't know that you killed anyone. Oh my god, if I saw like there was one one death I was responsible for, like on my stats page, I'd be like And you saw and what? you didn't know the person, yeah. so you were like, What happened? Yeah, I would be I would be devastated by that. Uh moving on, bought Rocket League on Xbox One and played about an hour. There was some serious input delay that was very noticeable and overall the performance felt sluggish and would lag a few times. Google didn't come up with too many other people making the same complaints, so I wonder if it's just an isolated incident for my console. Bummer. Uh Eric actually messaged us to say let Tito know I totally agree with his yep. note about Rocket League on Xbox One. So you're not alone, mm-hmm. Tito. Uh, Eric is with you on that. Yep. Been playing Quiz Up with coworkers, a mobile trivia game. It's very sleek, well-designed app, and there are a ton of topics to challenge friends on or play against random people around the world. So for anyone bored at work, this might be something to try with coworkers. Quiz Up? Didn't we play Quiz Up before, Will? I, I am I number... To say my I'm wife played like that. three in the world with Pretty Little Liars trivia. Oh, that's and right. that app, remember? Yeah. You guys that's gave me a beaten game because I was, like, number one in New York. That's the one. It's Quiz Up, isn't that's yeah. the app? Okay. Yeah. Quiz Up. I liked Quiz Quiz Up way more than Trivia Crack. Okay. Oh yeah, Trivia Crack was the other one, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, to add to my feedback, I've been having nasty allergies where I'm waking up with some minor nosebleeds, a lot of sneezing going on, itchy eyes, the works. That's just all the nose candy you've been. Oh shit. Yeah. 
going to say that. Uh, chill out with that. My purifier doesn't seem to be doing much. I bought a humidifier to see if that'll help, and my friend recommended a nasal saline cleaner. I bought the little saline kit from Walgreens that comes with a bottle and 50 packets of the saline solution. You have to use sterilized, distilled, filtered water and essentially push the water through the one nostril and have it come out the other. I was pretty paranoid because I know if you don't use clean water, you can get a nasty bug or infection that could be fatal in rare cases. So the first night, I didn't see much improvement, and the second night, I went to try it again. The manual mentions placing the bottle and cap in the microwave for 60 to 90 seconds, disinfect while cleaning the kit. I tried this and ended up causing a fire in my microwave. (laughs) (laughs) I know burnt plastic can be really toxic and have carcinogens, so now I'm paranoid and just want to throw out the microwave after I tried to clean it. (laughs) Long story short, fuck you allergies. Tito, I hear you, man. Uh, I'm still not 100% recovered from my illness. Um, my ears are still like clicking and cracking and not fully cleared out yet. But I, one of the things that everyone suggested was to do one of those saline things. Uh, but I just, I, I couldn't picture myself like pouring water up my nose and blowing it out the other side. I just couldn't, I, I couldn't do it. I did the whole steam inhalation thing. Uh, yeah. that, that helped quite a bit. Um, we, and we had a humidifier for the kids when they were sick, so... Uh, whenever I would go in their room, like I would just put my face like right over it and just inhale all the steam, and that really helped clear things out. But yeah, that's that stuff sucks, man. I have hay fever, so in the spring here, I get really bad allergies, especially when I worked outside. It was a nightmare because yeah. it would be month uh, like a month long, like I wouldn't be able to breathe, and I would just have snot pouring out of my nose, like it's awful. Yeah, you. I remember you had it bad. You're well, not. the worst is those uh, middle of the night, you know, like he said, like waking up with the scratchy throat and runny eyes yeah. and runny nose and or coughing. Free, coughing and all night. Yeah, that's a, that's miserable. That is the worst. The The nosebleeds, um, I've never had that from allergies, but I've had that when the air is dry. extremely dry. Yeah. And then I'll get in the shower and that will open it up, the, the hum- humidity. Mm-hmm. The moisture from that will open it up, and then I, that's when I'd get the nosebleed as soon as I stepped into the shower. Yeah. But I found uh, rubbing a little bit of moisturizer or, like, Vaseline on your nostrils really helps uh-huh. with that. So, I don't know. Maybe that's Good something to, to try. Okay. I also ranked up to the last tier in Rocket League. I'm a rising star, gold one, which is good to see because I wasn't making that many points when playing against the same ranked foes or higher. And we do a lot of the dirty work that doesn't add up to points, but as long as you win, that still seems to have an impact on your rank, not just on your individual performance. That's awesome, Tito. Well done. That's crazy. Yeah. That is. That's impressive. Well Very done. impressive. Yeah. Especially after how how bad I was last time I played Rocket League. Yeah. I think a lot of that had to do with the controller. Yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time with the, the PlayStation controller. It's yeah. like a, you have to relearn it a little bit and yep. kind of get in the, the flow of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, pl- I played a bunch of Rocket League myself, and uh, it's what a great game. It's it so is, much fun. It is a lot of fun. I agree. Yeah. Good time. It's an average game. <laughs> Your average will. I'd rather play. Um... Wow, I'm blinking. Wow, I've... never mind. No, I'd rather... I would play Warcraft. Wow. Idaho I... Jake. Go ahead, Will. Nah. 
You have a thought? No. Okay. <laughs> Idaho Jake says, hey, guys, I watched Deadpool last Friday, and it is fucking awesome. I loved every minute of it and plan on going again. The only thing it was missing is there is no 3D, or at least not at my cinema. <clears throat> uh, I want to see Deadpool. I've heard good things about it, great things about it. Yeah. I'm not. I don't love comic book movies, but this kind of sounds uh, more up my alley because it's a little over the top from yeah. what I understand. So I, I heard people were bringing their kids to this movie because they <laughs> saw like it was a comic book movie. Yeah. Oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. Mm. No, I've heard um, if you like uh, like uh, Kick Ass, which I do. That's one of my favorite movies. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Or uh, Super. Are you familiar with Super? Oh yeah. Uh, I really want to see Super, but if you like those two movies, that Deadpool will be like right up your alley. Did you see Super, Corey? I, no, I didn't see Super. I saw Kick Ass though. Okay, yeah, Super, I'm familiar with Super. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, that's one I really want to see because apparently it's a movie that offends everybody, which Good. I love. Yeah, I like that kind of movie. Yeah. I started Last of Us Remastered, and I forgot how great that game looks and plays, and since I couldn't beat it on PS3 because of a bug, I am planning on beating it soon. Yeah. Good game. It definitely benefits from running at 60 frames. It's variable, uh, so it's not always 60, but definitely the higher frame rate. I can't imagine playing that in 30 frames on the PS3. That would have been a nightmare. I don't remember it having a lot of issues with bugs. That sucks. Jake got a bug and he couldn't beat it on PS3. Yeah, I I didn't play it on PS3. Play it on PS4. Um, but um, yeah, I definitely uh, totally it would it benefits from the better frame rate. Uh, I'm excited for the Fallout DLC just because I already have the season pass and I get all of them. But I'm more excited because we are closer to Far Cry Primal. I also pre-ordered the Division and I hope others are going to play on PS4 this weekend. Uh, yeah, Will and I uh going to try to play tomorrow, I think. On PC. On the PC, Division? That's right, yeah. I don't know. Eric wasn't... Uh, out of the three of us, I think Eric was the least impressed with... Or Will and play, but um, yeah. Eric was the least impressed with, with The Division. The I think... one person who didn't play it bought it already. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to buy it. I'm just waiting for the right Green Man gaming deal. I'm hoping it goes down to 36 like Far Cry Primal did. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's not coming out for another, like, two and a half weeks. So I've got time to search for a deal. Mm-hmm. Now for question of the week. What is the best death you have had in a video game? Thanks, guys. Go see Deadpool. Uh, best death I've seen in a video game. I always liked the Limbo deaths. They were very graphic, even though it was silhouette. Yeah. Uh, I would, I'm trying to think of, like, a spectacular death. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. I wish I'd I read always, this earlier. I would have thought about it. I always enjoyed uh, my Fallout 3 deaths where I would just be walking and then my body would just go limp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, There's got to be something, guys. Come on. Freaking A. I can think of one. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 4. Um. I really didn't like that game very much, but I had a, a really awesome death. Um, I was driving really fast, uh, escaping from the cops or chasing someone down or whatever, and I hit one of those poles that sticks out of the concrete that's, like, embedded in the concrete, and it ejected Nico out of, out, out of the windshield, 
and into the side of a building. But what was cool about it was as he was flying into the side of the building, he like covered his head like this, like he reacted like you would if you were flying out of a windshield of a car and headed towards a building. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. So he splatted on the building and then fell down and was dead. I just thought that was my favorite part of the entire game. So it sounds all right. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It, it was just a, a very neat rag doll flinging out a windshield and, uh, you know, splatting into a brick wall or a side of a building or whatever it was. Uh, just recently in Kerbal Space Program, uh, one of the first times I got out of the Earth's at- or Kerbin's atmosphere, I expelled all my fuel. So I got to the point, and I had burned off my parachute when I got up. So I got out of the atmosphere, and I was just the command module floating in orbit for a little bit. <laughs> That's so like, cool. Literally no options to do anything. I was just at the mercy of gravity. Mm-hmm. And I just waited till I finally fell back through the uh, the atmosphere, and my command module caught on fire, and... Landed in the ocean, and uh, my poor little astronaut didn't make it. <laughs> so, it was he. It was what was kind of morbid about it, though, was even though he knew, like he was floating around in space a little bit with no anything attached to the command module, knowing he was going to die, but he still had this look on his on his face, and he was like looking out the the window and like, oh, in awe. oh wow. yeah, it's like, huh. Enjoy it, buddy. Enjoy your last few minutes. Yeah. We're about to re-enter, and uh, we don't have a parachute. Uh-huh. So. Nice. Can you think of anything, Will? No, not really. Uh, nothing that wasn't scripted, at least. Yeah. I'm sure I could think of more. If I If I remember, I'll think about it this week. I probably won't remember, but hopefully I will. I'm sure I had some good ones in, like, Guild Wars, you know, 100-person battle deaths. Oh, yeah, for the world versus world. Yeah, I can't can't think of anything specific. Okay. Well, if anybody else has any good deaths. Yeah, right right in. Right in for next week. Jake's been doing a good job with his questions of the week. Yeah, thanks, Jake. I have not. We're all a little behind on things. I just today caught up on blog posts from like a month ago. We have to figure so. out how I can do that over Skype, by oh, the way. Damn it. I was supposed to be what? taking show notes. Do what over Skype? The show notes over Skype. Oh. We'll get it all sorted. We need to come up with a method. But anything else? I don't think so. Okay. If we missed your feedback, obviously just let us know and we'll. We'll get to it next week. We're still a little disorganized from the new setup. Um, next week's episode is likely to be Fire Emblem. Um, I am getting the Conquest version. Will is getting the Birthright version. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll compare and contrast a little bit then. Um, but it depends on if Will's gets it and has enough time to play with it, right? Well, good news. I just checked my shipping details. It's in East Syracuse right now. Oh, so it should be here tomorrow. Unless they do something stupid and go to somewhere else and then come. It happens sometimes. Yeah. Depending on the hub, right? The hub. Why do you always have problems? I've literally never had a problem. I don't know. I think the most glorious one was the Assassin's Creed (laughs) 3. Yeah, it was just gone. Yeah, it just never came. Yeah. 
There was no tracking information. We've only had one issue. Uh, it wasn't mine. It was my wife's. She ordered a phone from Amazon. It was a Moto G, and it got delivered to the wrong house. That's but she, right. She just contacted Amazon, and they just sent her a new one. And then, like, two weeks later, whoever the phone was delivered to, they dropped it off at our house. So we just shipped it back when we got it. Mm-hmm. So it was nice of them to bring it because they didn't have to. It no, that's got... a new phone right there. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it was a Moto G. It was, uh, like, a inexpensive, you know, replacement if you break your phone type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's still a good phone. Like, that's what I used for for a while until I got my Samsung. So... Any other thoughts, questions? Good to go? I'm good. All right. Uh, That'll do it for episode 239 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. Yeah!